Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Most people are everybody else's electric socket. That's a fact. Right? So when are, when are you going to get charged up? That's why these rooms is like, and having high-level conversations is That's imperative true. to your growth. And, and, you know, I call it high-level because it reminds you that everything else is low-level. Like, if you, if you take a list and be like, all right, who's actually valuing my contact list? And it's a short list. What does that say about everybody else that's there? Mm. That ain't actually valuable. So when you start doing those compare, it makes you realize certain things. Like, let's say if you got an idea, who are the people you call to be enthused about it and or can't help you? You understand me? And what you find out is you often talk to those people the least. So it lets you know what you need to reverse engineer in order to be successful. It really be the small tweaks we need to have that'll change our whole path and trajectory. And all of a sudden, we're like, oh, shoot, I stopped talking with a bro who wouldn't get no money. And I stopped talking with a bro who get money. And now I'm getting money. Yep. <laughs> and it becomes simple. Right. It's like, dang, I was with me and him. We used to complain about being broke all the time. We had so much in common. Now, <laughs> now I got money. I ain't got nothing to talk to him about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, once you start to, you know, you change your environment, man. Your, we, we don't realize scientifically we are organisms of reaction. Every part of our body is meant to react to the outside stimuli of our environments. So our phone feed is an environment. People we talk to is an environment. Things we look at is an environment. Stuff we eat is an environment. Knowledge we intake is an environment. So all of those things make us react and or have a control factor over us. So if you are in positive and nurturing and relaxed and less stress-free environments or more stress-free environments, but with people that are high on entrepreneurship and business and going to your direction of vision, it will force you to be influenced by it as proxy. Because we talked about peer pressure when we was younger, don't go with peer pressure. But if you got good peers, it's okay to take that pressure. The issue is that we didn't, we, our mothers knew we had negative peers around us. There's gonna be negative peer pressure. But positive peer pressure is not something that we pushed enough, so we weren't pushing the right peas. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> 19 keys high level with the guys.
Peace Family is 19 Keys tapping in for another High Level Conversations. As we're prepping for season two, this is a special experience brought to you by our live show that we did in Atlanta with Jehu and Quay of Cheat Code and Atlanta's own Mr. Two Weeks Out, Neo, Houston's own Pop Darby and Oakland's own Bashir Music, my brother. I hope you enjoy this. We address the state of the current economic crisis and the things that you can be doing to earn you some money during these times. Make sure you continue to tap in to high-level conversations. Peace family, 19 Keys tapping in. This is a high-level conversation. So listen, this is a special high-level conversation because this is the first live high-level conversation that we're doing in Atlanta. Um, and today is my birthday at the same time, so it's tourist season, you understand me? Ramadan is over, so I'm back to choosing violence. You understand me? And it's a lot of things to go to war with out here, you feel me? Um, just a second ago, I want to, before we get into, because you, you brothers can go into a multitude of different fields, uh, specifically in the finance, economics, crypto, metaverse, stocks, options, a whole wide range of things that people can utilize to change their life. You understand me? Um, but I want to first talk about personality types. You understand me? Now, recently I've been getting into the Myers-Briggs personality types. And when I first fell upon this, I was doing my studies about 19 keys. Not myself, but the observation of numbers, patterns, and synchronicities. And what I found, though, there's particular personality types that are high-level observers. You know, the introverted, the, um, the mathematical type, those who are able to observe the universe based on intuition, right? Calculated. And... For me, that's how I am with everything that I do. So I wrote it down because I'm writing this book called 19 Keys, High Level Observations. And in this book, it was specifically talking about how being able to spend time alone, spend time with your thoughts, observe those patterns. You understand me? That's how you get those high level thoughts. People who are always in a social rhythm, always need other people around. Their thoughts are drowned out so much they never get to an original pattern. Right. And recently I was looking up Gemantria. And so I typed in 19 keys, and I think it came out to 721. Uh, I might have that number wrong, but then I looked up other things that were connected to that same Gematria number. Gematria is basically where you got the numerical value associated to the alphabet. You understand me? And um, they added up, and it comes down to 721. And I looked up that, and it had INTJ, right? And INTJ is a personality type that I already had connected to being a high-level observer. So the synchronicity came full circle. So anytime I find a pattern, you understand me, I always say the in synchronicity, there's always something to be observed. But the observer has to apply the meaning. You understand me? Because synchronicity is finding meaning in the otherwise meaningless things. So there's people who look for 444. They look for 333, 555. Yeah, they talk about the angel numbers and the repeated patterns, but what does it mean? Now, there's some people that will seek other people's meanings, or some people that will um, lock themselves in the present, you understand me, and decide what it means for themselves as a high-level observer. Now, the Meyer Briggs came from a mother-daughter duo as they took the Carl Jung uh, typology of different characters, and they associated with different ways, some of the extroverted, the introverted, um, the people who utilize um, uh, senses, meaning that they go based on information, 
right, um, and, and, and facts in the present and things they can experience with their senses, their five senses. Then you have the intuitive, people that more so uh, um, seize patterns and they observe. They high-level observers like myself, you know what I'm talking about? Um, and then, you know, you have people that utilize uh, judgment. You understand me? You have the more intellectual types. Um, and so I was studying because I always feel like I'm misunderstood all the time. But I'm, I'm, I'm good with being misunderstood. But I realized that if you have a personality type that's rare, then it's going to be rare for other people to meet individuals like yourself. So they're not most likely not going to be in the family or their peers or people that they experience on a consistent basis. So when you say some certain things or you have certain perceptions, a person may not be aligned or understand why you do certain things. And then when you try to work with different people, they may take things in the wrong way, right? So it's like you are, we just talked a little bit before that, you said you know your personality types. You understand me? So I'll be interested because I believe when you take on like a, a, a moniker or a name, you develop a, you know, an alternative personality, right? So like 19 Keys, that one is INTJ, but I believe that Jabril Fawad Muhammad, that's more so, you know, INTP or um, ENTJ or something of that nature. But they all basically align to the same thing. They all very rare and they all mathematical personalities. But I'd be interested to know y'all personality types. Well, first of all, I'm going to say happy birthday. Oh, yeah, Got to yeah. get that out the way, man. Many blessings. It's a legendary day. Right. Uh, second off, you know, the way the personality types, you know, to me, um, the, way they, it, it, the way I look at it, right, it's just like everybody has different, you know, eye colors, skin colors, hair color, right, genetically. Mm -hmm. you, know, you have certain uh, characteristics, physical trait characteristics. You know, the personality types are 16 of them, yeah. right, and they correspond to it to the way essentially your brain processes information, right? So they look at me, it's almost like having 16 different brain types, right? And so when you say like an INTP, that's my personality type. Um, it's known as like the architect, right? It's introverted, intuitive, thinking, and perceptive. Um, and so basically the way I process information, I can process a lot of information, right? Um, and I put them into structures and that's how I process what I see and what I experience, right? I put them there, and then later on down the line, I can pull from different components of, of that information to put together new concepts and new ideas, right? And that's how a lot of, if you look at a lot of the world's, you know, creators, mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of those people have personality types, like the INTJ, very similar personality mm -hmm. type, you know what I'm saying? Slightly different, but very similar. And so, um, ultimately, it's important to, to understand that because once you understand how your brain best processes information and best interacts with others, mm -hmm. you're able to increase a, a, a certain quality of life and utilize yourself to the fullest potential as well as those around you. That's you a fact. I mean? So, um, you know, 100% down, down right. You know, in our company, we make sure everybody takes the personality types. And once mm -hmm. we understand that, we understand, okay, how best to work. But sometimes you put people in certain places, it's not conducive to their personality. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And even what you said earlier where... Um, you know, in introverts, we process information internally, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of extroverts, you know, they tend to process information externally a lot of times, you know, from interacting with other people and listening to what they're saying, and they learn and grow through experiencing other people. Mm -hmm. And so extrovert, it doesn't always mean that, you know, you're just always out and about, per se. You got some extroverts that like to be home. Right. But they yeah. stay, you know, they got to go to the way they grow and the way they develop is through, you know, experiencing and engaging with other people. Right, I believe I'm ambiverted, so I'm, I'm intro and extroverted. Yeah. You understand me? Yeah, like, we actually have that conversation. Yeah, I'm, I 
consider myself an extrovert and introvert, right? There's places where if I go to functions, networking events, whatever it may be, I can be the most, like, you know, vibrant individual That's in the room. Fact. However, there's times where, you know, there's a time for everything. I yeah. like to consider my, I'm also a Libra, so there's always a balance in whatever I do, right? It's, and it's crazy. For the longest time, I actually didn't believe in, like, the, you know, Sagittarius, yeah. Taurus, Libra. That, mm-hmm. He's the one that really educated me and started making me realize, and I always was a person that recognized patterns. I'm a math- mathematician, like, you know, everything like that. Anytime I see numbers, I put them together, figure out. In my head, I'm always calculating things like that. So I've always been a guy of numbers. But anyways, going back to the point of sometimes getting back inside and being home, I feel peace. Like, we'll be in the car sometimes driving two hours, four hours, and we won't play a, a single no, song. Yeah. It would just be quiet, silent, <laughs> yeah. just be with our thoughts. And Everybody can't do that, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A some lot of people, people just need noise. In the car, yeah, yeah just be like, yo. You see, that, that's how they experience okay? the world. Right. You know what I'm saying? They experience the right. world through senses. A lot of those people right. are sensing people. Right. Some people are intuitive people. They, they need mm-hmm. to, you know, time to think and stuff like this. So yeah. that's, that's, that's exactly yeah. what I mean, you know what I'm saying? What's your sign? My sign, Leo, yeah. which is it's funny because I'm, I'm a super introvert, but I'm a Leo also. So people right. tend to think that I'm more extroverted, but I'm not. Right. Yeah, you know, I was uh, having this conversation with my brother who was going back and forth about Pisces and Taurus and which one had, you know, the most stacked up card of legends on that. Now, now of course, I undeniably won on that one because, you know, for Taurus, we got uh, we got Minister Farrakhan. <laughs> we got Malcolm X. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even really need to go further. But we got James Brown, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we, like we got some heavy hitters. And, um, I mean, and then, you know, we got some bad guys. We got the worst of the bad guys. We got Hitler as a, a tourist, you understand me? But it's more so a representation of the mastermind type, you understand me? And when we talk about knowledge itself, you know, I grew up in a, a, a paradigm where, you know, for me, learning knowledge itself is like studying the teachings on the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, knowing where you came from, right? Um, and knowing why you interact with your environment a certain way and what you're going to go through as a black man in America, you know, and um, as I, mas- I have a master's degree in that, if you will, you understand me? Like, there's nothing in America that can't surprise me at this point in time because I was taught about it from such an early adolescence that I was taught about the nature of America and the people that I would deal with. So once you know the nature of something, then you are conscious and aware of it. You can't be fearful of it because now you have the power to deal with it. So for me, when I see what's going on in the world, even with this uh, new thing with, um, you know, uh, Wade versus Roe, and they working to repeal that, it's like America is going through a birth decline, right? So if you study the patterns and you see that, you would expect for, you know, the powers that be to want to do something about that, right? Um, And what you see is, by, I think they said, because of COVID, there's a baby bus, right? So less people are having babies, right? And then you already have a generation who unsure and they go through financial uncertainty and stress. So they're uncertain about their financial future. So they don't want to have a baby. And then women are more masculated in the sense where they would rather a career than a family, right? So they don't want to have babies. And then men, you understand me, are not masculine anymore. And so they don't want to have children. So everybody talks about legacy, but nobody wants to really leave one. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, so, so to, even to that, you know, I think a lot of it is, you know, we got to realize at the same time, we went through a lot of conditioning 
a conditioning process. Mm -hmm. You know, back two generations ago, it was normal for, even no matter how much money you had, black families, black households had 10 kids. Yeah, right? that's a fact. Your grandma, my grandma, had, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, had 10, 10 kids, yeah. 11 kids, a bunch of siblings. Your grandmama had nine siblings, right? Right. Um, and then there was a, a, a certain conditioning that happened through Planned Parenthood, other things and other components that kind of went into conditioning, um, you know, black women and black men in particular to look at having babies as a, uh, a, a negative to a certain degree, right? right? And of course, if you're in a certain financial condition, it's much more difficult to advance. However, back then, it was looked at as the more children you had, the more, you know, it's almost like the more likelihood you had to succeed because now mm -hmm. the family is working together. You have one, instead of one person or one child that you could produce an income down the line at working mm -hmm. age to have right. a household, you got 10. Like the godfather. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, not only do you increase your odds and likelihood of success as a, a family unit with a strong family unit uh, with multiple children, but you also, you know, just logically, even if everybody's making 50K, right, and with the coordination effort, you can advance. And so mm. to me, a lot of that stuff was put in place intentionally, obviously, you know what I'm saying, to keep us looking at, it, you know, our population down. And to that point also, it's like, you know, it almost has to happen for, mm -hmm. for you know, that demographic of, of Europeans, right, in, in the United States, because if you were to take genetically, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying, a uh, hundred, you know, uh, black people and a hundred white people in a room, right, for uh, one generation, uh, the next right. generation will be a hundred mixed children, a hundred black children, right? Yeah, well, I mean, you know that's what, what we're so dealing with now. Yeah. They ha it ha those type of things have to be put in place, you know, to a certain degree, uh, you know, in order for for certain balances to be kept in the, in the world, you know what I mean, for, for them, you know what I mean? So Yeah, and I look at it from yeah. the economic standpoint of what we're dealing with in the world. Um, I don't know who I was talking with, but I was talking about the fact that, you know, Bill Gates was talking about population um, decline. And Elon Musk was saying that, no, we need population growth. But Elon Musk was talking about the U.S. and Bill Gates was talking about Africa. You understand me? And so they was having two different conversations. And so Bill Gates said that, you know, basically the young Africans are a liability. That's what he said. The young Africans are a liability, like them having children. I don't know why this man thinks he got so much say-so <laughs> and why people think the creator of Microsoft you understand me, uh, 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 should have any power or any relevance towards Africa's future and their population growth. But when you look at it, by 2050, they're supposed to double their population size. Right. Yeah. And they have the youngest population of all the, of all oh. the teams out there. Yeah. It's a danger for them. You know Hell what I'm yeah. you know, you can't, genetically, it's, 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 a, it's a superior gene. So I mean, what does Africa's future that. look like? Because you brothers look like you from Africa. Oh, <laughs> you, you know, you we know all, what time it is. We, we are from Africa. Yeah. Nah, it's crazy. Cause, we all from I mean, Africa, first of all. Yeah, Ghana. Ghana, born and raised. Yeah. My parents Ghanaians get Ghana, money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, we try. Shout out, you know, shout out to shout out Ghana. Brothers. Yeah. yeah, the original Gold Coast. Anyways, man. But what's the now, future of Africa look the like? The future of Africa, man, I mean, there is, if you look at just in the fields of engineering, technology, and that's why these guys are so worried, especially. If you have young minds, I mean, you think about it, in any population, the people that you want to target the most are the people that are, you know, in the middle age, right? Like somewhere between... Um, I would say 14 to 35, right? Those ages are pretty much the ones that control the, the engine to keep the economy flowing. And if you have the most population of those age groups and demographic in Africa that are technologically advancing through social media and things like that, it's broken the barrier, right? As a person back home, when I used to be, you know, when I used to live in Ghana, social media didn't exist. I didn't see what was possible. 
to the world. Mm -hmm. Now these guys that are back home now in present day have social media, have access to YouTube and things like that, YouTube University. They're capable of not only using their own, you know, sense of creative to create things in the engineering fields and the technology fields, but they're also able to advance that using guidance from things like in platforms like YouTube, social media, the right followers, like, you know, even somebody like yourself having a platform, being able to direct these guys to the crypto metaverse spaces and things like that. These guys are able to catapult and expedite their success and right. growth rate. Yeah, so I mean, we just seen, what was it, uh, Central Africa, Adopted the second point. country yep. to uh, exactly. create their own currency, yep. Exactly. Yep. you know, fast. And then, was it Nigeria that was one of the largest adopters of crypto? Yeah. Right. You oh, understand yeah. me? Oh, it's coming down they the need problem. to stop making them, them when, spam accounts. When you look cool. at, that's the thing, man, they're gifted. There's a lot they, of gifted folks down there, but you know, it's the jungle that people got to eat, so. Yeah. That's where it results to, but, and you know. When, and when you look at, like, you know, the world order, right, mm -hmm. you got, you know, over the past few centuries, right. the world order has always placed, you know, Africa at the bottom of the totem pole. Mm, you know, right. you got Africa, Latin America, Eastern Asia, Western Asia, Europe, right, mm -hmm. and then North America, right? And that's kind of been the, the kind of rhythm. Mm -hmm. And those positions have kind of switched here and there over the years, but mm -hmm. Africa has been kept at the bottom since colonialization, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, when you look at the growth of a country, growth of a nation, you know, it typically has started, you know, agricultural revolutions, mm -hmm. industrial revolutions, mm -hmm. techno technological revolution, now information age, right, that we're in now. Africa essentially has, has gone from, and still developing the agricultural revolution, while still trying to keep up with the information and the technology, right? And so when you ask about like, the future of Africa, the future of Africa is really determined by Africans and African-Americans and Africans globally, right? Mm -hmm. It's up to us to really kind of put our foot forward because that is the, if you look, matter of fact, look at um, Jack Dorsey, mm -hmm. CEO of Twitter, yeah, right? right. Ex-CEO of Twitter, where he right. go? Africa. He went to Africa. Right. What's he doing in Africa? Blockchain, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. He's investing in the educate because that is where the youngest population across the world is being is 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 continuing to multiply and will be dominant across the globe. So you look at countries like China and Russia, what do they do for their population in, in order to play the long game? They educate first. Mm -hmm. China's education system has always been, you know, known as not even always been, but since we've been around, you know, has always been known as one of the best education systems in the world. Why are they so invested in education? Because that's the future of the generation. Mm -hmm. Russia, same thing. These dudes have been teaching their their population of uh, uh, cryptography and uh, you know IT, and that's why there's so many hackers out of Russia. They've been teaching them how right. to hack for right. you know that's, that's a very good right. point. So right. it's up to us that the education is so important, it's so critical. Once you educate the population, Black Americans, Black Africans, Black Caribbeans, every across the, the world, that right. world order will shift, especially with the new change in financial structures with crypto and blockchain. Right. And like you know, one of the first reasons I started studying blockchain was specifically to figure out how you can create a bridge between. Blacks and Africans. And so I was looking at cryptocurrency and saying that, you know, this is one way we can fund projects in between each other in real time, and that would be sovereign. Now, of course, everything ain't decentralized, you know, as the dream of the beginning was, but the opportunity still exists to use that technology like that. Like right now, uh, a lot of my designers on the back end and one of my developers, they in Africa, right? So if I want to send him money instantly, boom, I can do it like that. Back in the day, you got to go through one of them payment processors. You got a Western Union, all kind of other weird stuff. So that means that whoever has a cell phone and has some technology, then they can import any currency that they want to at any point in time. 
right? As long as they got the right amount of knowledge and they got the right technology and they got Wi-Fi. But at the same time, there's a large percentage of the planet Earth who don't even have access to the internet. You understand me? And we in America, we take that for granted because the average, average day person walking around with answers in their pocket, solutions in their pocket, technology in their pocket, and they still lazy because it's the mindset aspect that go with it. And this is why I want people to take the personality test because I want people all around the world, whether it's Africans, whether it's black people, whatever you call yourself, matter of fact, you got to be able to get out your way. And you got to be able to work with people. And we got to, one thing about me is I like efficiency. You understand me? I don't like to use too much energy in the area that it shouldn't where we can direct it somewhere else and get a greater result. You understand me? And so when it comes to that, it's about being able to maximize your time, your effort, and your energy in concerted efforts to say, if we only got a short amount of time, how the hell do we maximize that? You know, like Africans over there, they getting money quietly kept. You know, I know a brother, um, he was the first Bitcoin investor, self-proclaimed first Bitcoin investor in Africa. You understand me? And uh, he tried to pull an Elon Musk. The other day he tried to buy, I think it's called Naira. Yeah. Yeah, Naira News. Yeah. You understand oh, me? Oh, yeah. Publication, um, media. Yeah, he yeah. offered them like $5 million in Bitcoin. They didn't take it, um, but he also brought them a lot of publicity by doing that. Right. I didn't know anything about that. Right. But apparently, you know, that's big out there. But it's like, once we can blend those cultural lines, I think the greatest thing that we can do as black entrepreneurs is work with Africans. Like, 100%. Like, that's where the wealth gonna come from, for real. Right. Oh, look, the, the, when you look at, like, and to the, to the point you're making about, you know, all right, they're getting into crypto, getting into technology, but a lot of people still don't have the infrastructure, Wi-Fi, yeah. things of that nature, telecom. Right. Like I said, you know, you you going from agricultural revolution and agricultural, you know, building an infrastructure straight to information. There's still such a massive gap of industrialized uh, right. tools and resources that need to be built and developed over there. That anybody in this country, you know, what I'm saying that, that once it, Europeans are doing it, have been doing it for the past two decades. You go to, to Ghana right now, you see a ton of Europeans over there. You see Massive. a ton of Asians over there. Asians been building infrastructure over there, the only ones that's not doing it is us. It's us. Well, right. I mean, shit, we ain't building yeah. enough over here. That's I why. Mean, but yeah. see, the thing about it is this, right? Like, out here, you have, you know, the Rockefellers, mm -hmm. the Vanderbilts. These are the people who built, so, quote, unquote, the industrial, the industrialization of the United States, right? Railroads, um, you know, all that type of infrastructure, you know, uh, uh, a lot of cell phone towers and things like that, more modern times. Right. There's still an opportunity for people here who have the skill set I mean, here, you try to do it in the United States right now, build a cell tower, you build, you know what I'm saying, infrastructure, railroads, and stuff like that. It's very difficult. Right. Over there, the There's opportunities hoops. are still wide open, and they are more than happy to put government dollars behind people right. with skills. Well, well, let's talk about some ideas in that area then, because it's like, for me, I think this shit really simple. It's just, we just stubborn as hell when it comes to just executing, right? Like, like even out here, you know, I work with a lot of people, but it's like, if I look at the execution of somebody else's community and culture, they gonna get to a billion much faster. Right now, we know that with a concerted effort, we can easily say, all right, let's create a coin. Let's let's back a blockchain. Let's back a metaverse. Let's back any one of these plays, a DAO. And that essentially allows us the ability to be able to funnel money and then govern where we put it. Right. So matter of fact, I want to get into some blockchain talk. So let's say a DAO. Right. You know, um, decentralized autonomous organizations. I think if we could make the diaspora a DAO. I think that's the key. Like, we, we talk about systems, but we got to have a government, right? If we want to build anything, we got to have a government, we got to have media, we got to have education, we got to have security, we got to have principles and values that's instilled 
You understand me? And we got to have a collective vision that people can work towards. But the government allows us to have a structure that we can all work within, right? So it's like if we got a doubt, we say, all right, we want to target all of the hoods in America, plus some of the uh, 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 spots in Africa, and we connect them together. And we say, listen, the Dow, first thing is you buy into the token, everybody put in uh, $100, right? You do that with a million people. That's 100 million people. I mean, that's uh, $100 million, right? Now it's 45 million black people plus in America. And then, of course, we're going to get some of our allies to throw some money in that claim to be with us as well, right? Because huh, if you with me, I need a couple of dollars because that reparation check been late for a long time. I check the mailbox every day. You understand me? It ain't came. So I still need my money, regardless of how self-sufficient and independent we talk about doing for self. Um, but so the Dow is basically a circular organization where it's not owned by one particular or guarded by one particular person. It, it's true decentralized corporation, right? If, if you will put it into a way to where, you know, the smart contract is what everybody is buying into. You're not particularly buying into me or whoever I partner with or whoever says is theirs you have all of the power depending on how much you put into it. So imagine if every time we voted, our vote was a dollar and it counted into a Dow and it was worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And instead of voting for somebody to tell us what they gonna do with the tax money, we just put our money together and say, this is what we wanna do with our money, right? So if you target all of the food deserts in America, you target all of the high crime rates in America, you understand me and say, all right, what is the way we wanna attack this? If we talk in Africa, we just say, first, well, we need to get these people Wi-Fi. But then you got to do a study. What happens when people get Wi-Fi in those areas, right? So you want to make sure that you control what's being seen and what's being curated. You understand me? So they don't just get internet and watch porn for 24 hours. <laughs> like, for real, that's not what we get you the Wi-Fi for. You understand me? So there's a lot that goes into it, because when we talk reparations, you give somebody a check, but they're going to spend it on wherever they habits may lie. Yeah, so nice. they got to be yeah. training that goes into yeah. it first. Right. Well, I mean, the thing about DAOs, man, DAOs are a structure, infrastructure. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, DAOs are obviously, the, in and of itself, doesn't solve the problem. DAOs give us a, a more effective a tool yeah. to solve the problem. But the first thing always starts with having like-minded individuals committed to a particular cause and motivated by self-interest to me. Because at the end of the day, good causes go take us but so far. Right. Mm -hmm. um, when you have people who are, want to do good in the world, that is it's typically fueled by an emotion. Right. Everything we do is, is somehow one way fueled by an emotion. Right. Um, and so the way I see it is when you have uh, a system that essentially uh, provides some, some type of self-interest as well as does the good that's being looked for, that type of system can continue to operate for centuries down the line. Mm -hmm. Because take, for example, you know, you have systems and infrastructures like school to prison pipelines, right? Mm -hmm. um, we all know that system exists in this, in this United States, in this world. Um, that system is not just, it's not just be to, to accomplish a goal. It's, so, it's motivated by the people on. All right, check this out. Here's a question. What have you always wanted to try? Gold Peak Real Brood is here to unleash your thirst for trying. So take this as your sign to say yes. Opt in. Go for it. Because trying is what life is all about. Try Gold Peak. Back end, we're going to get paid on the end, at the end of the day, 
right? Um, the yeah, person that's going to get paid is, is money. Right. And so the way I see it is I think our first solution kind of starts with the entrepreneurs and the businesses in our, in our communities, right? Mm-hmm. We have uh, a, a collective of entrepreneurs of high-level businesses and things like that that are benefiting essentially from participating in the Dow economy while also giving back to that Dow, right? Mm-hmm. Then now we can utilize the Dow to execute certain goals and objectives. The money that circles and cycles through by the collective individuals, everybody who contributes to it gets some type of self-benefit back, right? Whether yeah. it's just like a, you go to work for a job, you, you don't work out a job out of the goodness of your heart. Nah, you social, do it because social you, entrepreneurship. Right. right, and so the social entrepreneurship is the is the solution to almost every problem we have, because every problem we have is, is essentially rooted in money, right? right. Money can, essentially solves a lot of these the issues. Bill Gates today, if he wanted to go into Africa or into any hood in America and turn it into a first class, first world nation, a first right. world country, he could do it. Right. Yeah, you know I mean, shit, Roberts today could do that same thing with Dallas. I mean, I see Rick Ross put out exactly. the, he put out the, uh, ATB. Crypto. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. What you boys yeah. doing with your crypto. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. the reality is what the rappers doing with their influence. Right. Exactly. You understand right. me? Because I'm going right. to put it, and I already know he's saying that, so like, come bring the money over, that's marketing. But the reality of it is, is that, what you doing with your influence, because if you can influence a thousand people to show up somewhere, a million people to show up somewhere, you understand me, then you can take that same influence, and if you learn and get educated, because he did say bring the education, so we just bring the education right now, you understand me, basically saying that, listen, if, if, if we take Future and Kanye and Lil Durk and, it, it, we can, and we can quantify the value of their influence and say, listen, can y'all get you know, a thousand people, uh, uh, not a thousand, but a million people to invest a thousand dollars into something. Now, listen, it ain't based off them trusting y'all. Nope. So we go create a system that's transparent. Right. But we need y'all to make this part of the culture because y'all know how to make shit hot and cool. Right. right? So, boom. What we going to do with that? We going to create businesses and jobs. First thing we going to do. So we can amass $100 million and all of a sudden we start funding black businesses in and in, in within uh, uh, the communities and or we take a percentage of it towards investment. Now the people that put their money into it not going to be waiting for us to make a decision. We basically go allow them to, uh, uh, it's going to have protocols to say what y'all want to vote on today. Alright, today we want to vote on what type of businesses we want to invest in. What is it going to be agriculture, it's going to be media based business, education, it's going to be health based business, tech based business. The people vote on that. So let's say they say we want to go with tech. Then we start to outsource in the neighborhood, all right, who got the tech companies, right? Because we know that when we look at venture capital, 1.25% going to black companies. Black women are even lower represented than that, and black men. So, like, we be having a fight between is black women underrepresented or black men, and we fighting at the bottom of the 2 3%. Yeah. So it's like you would have some time where I see in the coaches, like, black women want black men to, to, to support they percentage of oppression, and then black men like, well, our percentage of oppression is still oppressing. So it's like, we gotta blend that shit together where it's like the only intersection I think that matters is black men and women coming together. Now, and, and, and I say that because uh, let's, let's get back on the utilization of examples when it comes to the educating, you know, the, the entertainers, cause not just rapper, but entertainers. They have probably the greatest opportunity out of anybody to take the amount of attention they got and convert percentage of that into social profit that's good for the people. 
And it's easy because it don't take nothing away from that platform. They can build it alongside with it. They gotta be self-motivated, that's that's what I'm saying. The reason why it hasn't happened yet is because there's no self-motivation. Well, the self-motivation is the profit. So it's profit. See, but yeah, Yeah. but see, the infrastructure has to be there for them to profit. But niggas want legacy, though. If you take the average person that's making $100 million and they not known for nothing, they ain't, they ain't happy, they depressed, they want to be the man in the street. Yeah, right. but see, the rappers already got, they get their legacy out of their, the career that they established, right? Mm-hmm. Now, once we decided that what is, and this is what's happening now, through conversations right. like this and platforms like this, right? right. The, the people are now starting to decide that, hey, you know, what y'all rapping about and shit like that is there's not, that's not legacy to us. Yeah, this right. is what's legacy to us. So now you're starting right. to see a lot more of the entertainers and rappers starting to get clout off of the business moves that they make. Right. They want to be the next Jay-Z. They want to be the next Master P. They seeing the business moves, and so now the culture is shifted towards that direction. Right. And now, once you know, as you again, this is just the beginning of it, right? Everything we'll be talking about right now is just the beginning but of it. But I also think, not process. to cut your wisdom, I also think yeah. it's just a pure lack of understanding and knowledge. Like, if you sitting by yourself and you pondering ideas on how you can be uh, uh, um, more powerful, have more money, you understand me, build a bigger legacy, be more successful, and you know this knowledge, there's no way you don't be like, yo, my man, we about to execute on this. Let's run this back. But without the education, because the fastest way for people to go from being curious to something to executing it is education, knowing how to do it. You understand me? So that's why... I bring up that example only to get an education on the, on the back end, like, oh, that is something we can do. It's keys right. Then they go to their CTO, you understand me, their chief technology officer, and be like, yo, can we run this play? Who do we need to get in front of this? Because bro say, you understand me, not only can we do social good, but we can make another 20, 30, 40, 50 million while helping out the culture. Now, if a person ain't evil, I don't see why they wouldn't want to do something like that. Because they invest in white companies all of the time. time. Right. And what you're saying, um, to even capitalize on that point, everything that we're talking about is exactly what happened with Dubai. Just a group of families came together one day. They were like, hey, you know, we have this barren land here. This is the desert. What can we do to multiply our money? And on top of that, multiply our society and our community. Mm -hmm. And Dubai was built in 10 years. Everything Mm -hmm. that you see in Dubai Mm -hmm. didn't come about in 100 years. It was built in 10 years. And they outsource from all the brilliant minds. Exactly. They say, if you that man, woman that's dope, and you know how to build great architecture or whatever, we will pay you to come over here. It's okay. And that's exactly with the DAO. We create a DAO. For example, we pick a country in Africa or a city in Africa, somewhere that everybody decides, you know, just because it's a DAO, everybody's going to have voting rights, of course. We pick a city in Africa. Okay, this is the city that we want to turn. What they did in Dubai in 10 years, this is the 10-year roadmap. We have... You know, leaders in the community sit down, hey, this is the roadmap. What do we want in the community? What do we want as a, uh, uh, as a legacy out of this, right? Do we want tech? Do we want agriculture? How many percent of agriculture do we want to control in the universe? As a continent, Africa is known to control. I mean, it's the most fertile land, period. There's no like, if, ands, or buts about it. You know what I'm saying? But yet we're still not the ones controlling agriculture in the world, even though we're the number one exporters mm-hmm. of it. Even not on top of that, when it comes to minerals and tech, the instruments that they use, all the iPhones in this room, all of it comes from Africa. The Congo, they've been mining all these products and these minerals for years and decades. Killing the people out there. Killing the people out there. Mm -hmm. But if we create a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization that's controlling these decisions and everybody's got voting rights in it, entertainers have the, the, the ability to gather and bring all the minds together, point it in the right direction, Everybody's like, okay, we're one band, one sound. This is what we're trying to do in the next 10 years. 
I don't see why that can't happen. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. that's the future of business models for me. You understand me? It's like, I think that it's going to get to a point where people have an ethical inflection point and a moral point where it's like they no longer want a CEO. They don't want a CEO no more. Why would you want your organization just ran by one person? You understand me? When that person can set up a system that the people can vote on as like a little small mini government. Because businesses, like America is a corporation. So that the way that America is set up as a corporation and the trust makes it a government, right? And every business has the ability to be their own government. But with a more effective system utilizing technology. Now, the biggest issue now, and I was talking with Master Investor about this, is just the security around it. The ideas, you know, are a plethora. And if you got money, you can hire the best people. So that's why like, I want to project the ideas out there for somebody to capture this one and be like, all right, I'm going to run the bag. I'm going to run the play. Don't get me wrong. We're going to run the play and run the bag, too. I'm talking about big old bags, too. Yeah. Like this, big, big bags. Yeah. Big ones. Yeah. And so, so to, to that point, yo, like, the, you know, there's DAOs that are, are springing up every day. We just was at Howard University speaking. Yeah. Um, right. Like what? Like, HU like, like three yeah. or four days ago. And they got an HU DAO that they just they start springing up now that we're working with. Right. There's DAOs popping up. But the thing about it is, it's all about, you know, everything starts with attention, right, audience, community. And then the DAO essentially is the tool of the community to, right. to direct or whatever. So the attention for whatever the interest is, whether the interest is in building in Africa, whether the interest is in building agricultural farms, whatever that interest is, and the audience that is tuned into that, to that, uh, that interest and the community that is committed to solving whatever that interest is, whatever that, interest, that, that problem or solution that they're looking to develop is, right? And then the DAO is a tool and the mechanism that we use to execute it, just like when we're talking about uh, Dubai. Right. That's families who had an interest in building the city, yep. right? And they gathered from their community, whether how small community or large community was, they gathered their resources and they executed. The DAO... Have you ever thought about your car personality? What's your vibe? Do you like the classic, fully gas-powered engine? Are you a best-of-both-worlds type, driving on the battery power while keeping gas on reserve just in case? Or are you more inclined to choose a convenient hybrid ride? Whichever your vibe, there's a Hyundai Tucson to match. And powertrain to get you there. Hyundai's 2023 Tucson lineup pairs the tech you want with sleek and stylish designs. They paid attention to all the details, the seats, the dash, the available panoramic roof, you name it. Hyundai thought of it, all while making sure each trim has enough room to hold space for your grocery runs, festival nights, and tailgates. Okay, Hyundai. When it comes to your journey, Hyundai is there for every mile. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the 2023 Hyundai Tucson. The 2023 Tucson Plug-In Hybrid is only sold in California, Colorado, Connecticut, Maine, Massachusetts, Maryland, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Rhode Island, and Vermont. The dad wasn't there at that time, but they still were able to execute. We have to kind of be on that same page of aligning all of our focus in one particular interest. Mm -hmm. Not all black, it don't got to be all black people. All black people are never going to agree on everything, but all white people are never going to agree on everything. It's black people who are interested and committed to a particular cause, mm -hmm. utilizing the Dells to, to be able but, to solve but the But see, the beauty of it, they, everybody only had to be aligned, just exactly. the percentages. So let's exactly. say if it's $100 million dollars, and we say, well, 10% of the people say they want money to go here. Yeah. Another 20% they can go here. Another 30% they go here. Mm -hmm. So it allows everybody to be under one unified structure. Yeah. But at the same time, we can fund multiple ideas yeah. and interests that people believe is 
the more pointing things that we should focus on. Right. You understand me? And I think that that's probably more the point because I'm trying to solve for all of the issues that will arise. Right. Because yeah. we too immature to just decide today to work with each other. Right. Like we need artificial intelligence or smart contracts and limitless right. pills and all of this stuff to get it maybe, together. Right. Maybe. But see, like, here's, here's the other aspect of it. We all collectively can decide what music is hot tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? We mm -hmm. all can collectively decide what shoes and what clothes is hot, right? Mm -hmm. Because we see the we see an immediate benefit from whatever that may be, right? The shoes or clothes, whatever that being that hot is, mm -hmm. it, it makes us look good, mm -hmm. right? And now that's the cool thing because there's a little bit of self-interest in that. Mm -hmm. So we can we can do it. You know what I'm saying? It's just about is there self-interest? Now, if, if we said, look, all collectively, we know that if we pull money into this particular resource, I'm going to turn $1 into $2, right? Mm -hmm. and, and they start seeing, like, all right, half the crowd did it, you know, one little percent crowd did it. They see it. Just like they see, you know, all these social media trends, people investing in things. Left mm -hmm. and right. That's the only reason people got into Bitcoin. Right. How many people in here bought Dogecoin, you know what I'm saying, when, when Dogecoin was popping? Right. Because they seen somebody else. Oh, yeah, I had a few hundred thousand dollars a day. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And so, so people, people we, can do, we, can, we can do it if it's right. self-motivated. It's a very easy thing for people to, to tap into. So it's our job in building these infrastructures to make sure that there's a self-interest in it. Right, that when somebody puts money into it, it's not just, you know, disappearing because we don't, we're not there at the point we can say, hey, I'm going to put a, a $1,000 into this. I'm not going to see it for 20 nah, years. Nah, nah, you know nah, nah. That's saying? why I say, so, like, if you take businesses that are already making money, right, and you decide to invest in those, and then you get a profit share from being an investor, and that pours back into it, and then people get that in the form of dividends and payouts, then, of course, that's, but that, to me, is the social entrepreneurship. Like, I don't really like nonprofits. I get the tax haven, things of that nature, but nonprofits ain't really that effective because when we look at the reality, you report bill I'm talking about billions of dollars into a problem, like let's say the cancer industry. They pour billions of dollars into the cancer industry, and those same companies are being funded by the same uh, products that cause the cancer. And they've been researching and researching and researching. You understand me? And every search they ain't found nothing. So I know, I know some people in the hood that can cure it faster than they can. So shit, I'd rather us create for-profit stuff and, and, and give it to the medicines that normally would never get funded because it ain't the, the issue with a lot of like, things like that is that when they be like, it's not enough studies, it's because they never put any money towards doing the studies. So we need money towards alternative studies and alternative business models and alternative ways that we can build you understand me? Our own nation within the nation. And, and really what we talking about works for all communities and all efforts. You understand me? Because, you know, you got the Asians, they put money into a pot and then one person built their business up. Then they take that money, bring it back. They do susus and then people do the same exact thing. All you're doing is taking those same concepts and putting yeah. technology behind and it. And making them trust So it us. automates it. And because trust look, at, look at even BLM, right? We had Black Lives Matter, money went into it. Oh, you're terrible. The trust issue comes into play with a lot of our nonprofits, right? right. Whether you agree with, with, with what they did, what happened, with it, who, whatever the story is. The point is we tend to have trust issues when we do have a place that money goes into. So with the house, you now eliminate that aspect of trust. It's a trustless environment because everything is automated by the technology. You know what I'm right. saying? So the point of, of everything shifting, it, everything is shifting. You know what I mean? This is a new structure for corporations. Mm -hmm. Eventually, I think it's going to be the new structure for governments. Yeah, I yeah. don't think that, you know, I think the institution of even governments at, over the next, you know, 50 to 100 years will start to deteriorate and you start to see more of these institutions pop up. Mm -hmm. um, you know, political DAOs and things of that nature because 
the only thing that the government truly controls in society is the money, right? right? And now that we're moving to an environment where you know, uh, the money is being decentralized, where now people can create their own coin. Ape coin just popped up. Right. And now mm-hmm. you got people trying to transact an ape coin. Like seven, eight billion know. dollars. Crazy. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so now, once that starts to undermine I take eight coin. So we are. But what we're talking about, we can have our own ape coin, too. That's you know a fact. And it ain't going to be no ape coin, because yeah, that just sound right. Yeah, nah, 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 nah. That ain't right. Nah, but yeah. We yeah. can definitely create something like that. Again, it's just something about everybody deciding one band, one sound. Yeah. This is what we want to do. Like, you're putting the APB out just like Rick Ross did. Like, hey, all the entertainers, we're trying to build something special in Africa before these guys go and build something special. Anyway. And then we cry about it like, oh, why didn't we do it first? We were all here. The opportunity was right in front of us. We yeah. just didn't take action. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So if everybody decides, okay, this is what we're trying to do, we're going back home, get this done, we want to build Dubai, we can build Dubai. It's just a collective mind of everybody's just got to be on the same page and we just so, execute. So I want to dial back a little bit right. um, and talk about the economy um, and how dire the times that we in right now. Like I talked to Ian and he said we already in a recession. Yeah. You understand me? And you know, the interest rates are at a 40 year high, right? It, you shouldn't, you, number one, you shouldn't need the news to tell you that. It's evident in the prices. Gas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Gas. Look, everything Coast, around you costs more. Spot. I know y'all on the West Coast gas. Yeah. I don't, I don't drive, so. Yeah. I don't yeah. Yeah. We got EVs, yeah. so it's all good. But yeah. Nah, but no, so no. when we talk about the state of the economy, what's going on and like how serious mm-hmm. people need to yeah. take this time that we living in? Because people think that, you know, they can go spend 40% of their income, no. you know, at the Atlanta Strip Club. Right. Well, look, you know. That's an old habit. You got to change it. You got to tighten the belt a little bit. Tighten the belt. Um, so when it shout comes out to the strippers, though. I ain't trying to take away your money. I'm just you saying. Yeah. They got the metaverse strip clubs now. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. Coming soon. Um, when so when it comes to the, to the economy, man, you know it's a it's a um, it's a scary thing. It's an interesting thing that's happening right now, mm-hmm. right? Because you know, first you got to understand money, right, and how money is. And I think a lot of us don't never don't really understand what money is, how it's created, how it comes into the world, or any any of that. A mm-hmm. lot of people are just now learning about interest rates and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the bottom line is that, you know, our money and monetary system evolved from bartering, mm-hmm. right? You know, people trading services to coinage, taking natural resources in the earth and, and turning them into little pieces of coins that we could trade for services and goods. Mm-hmm. It's a fiat currency, right? Which is basically the government saying that this, the value of this piece of paper is determined by whatever we say it is, right. not backed by anything real. Right. And now, you know, evolution into the digital world, the digital currencies where the people decide the value of a dollar, of a coin or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so first having an understanding of that, it will kind of provide context to where we are right now mm-hmm. in our economic situation. So. You know, obviously during COVID, a lot of money was printed. Everything was shut down. Economy was shut down. And so the Federal Reserve had to do what's called quantitative easing, mm-hmm. right? Which means essentially that they start to buy up United States Treasury bonds or, or basically loan the government money so that there's, there's more money in circulation, right. which makes money cheaper, right? Mm-hmm. And when I say makes money cheaper, I mean, when you go to a bank, you know, a bank essentially is going to give you a loan for a certain interest rate. That essentially is selling you that money at a particular price, price, 3%, 4%, 5%, 7%. That money gets cheaper when there's a lot more money in circulation, right? So people start getting loans left and right, you start driving, all of a sudden everybody got, you know, challenges and Mm -hmm. all that type of stuff, (laughs) right? Because you can go out and get a loan like this. Right. All right, so now money is in circulation 
And what happens is, you know, when the economy was shut down, everybody's got that money just sitting in your account. You know, mm -hmm. people start doing things like trading and stuff like that, and, and that started to pop off. And the velocity of money was slowed down to almost a halt. People weren't going out and spending it like that. So mm -hmm. as money starts gets printed, 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 it's sitting in people's bank accounts, right? Now you get to a point where everybody outside, mm -hmm. right? Money is circulating. All that money was that stacked, all that PPP money and all yeah. that stuff is stacked up. It's now yeah. flooding the streets. It's Still in the strip clubs. Yeah. It's in the, it's yeah. in the, you know, buying, people buying cars, people doing things of that nature. Right. And so essentially, you know, now we're in the situation where all that money now is flooding the streets. Mm -hmm. And anytime you have supply and demand, when there's a, a, a larger demand or a larger supply of, of an asset, the value goes down, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what's essentially happened with inflation. And so the federal government essentially looks at inflation and now the value of dollars going down, everything's getting more expensive. There's only one real way for them to curb that, mm -hmm. and that's by making money uh, more expensive, by tightening up the supply, stopping the flow of money so that, you know, it starts to slow down right. and in interest rates go, go down. Um, and so what they do is they, they, they jack the interest rates up. They, they, that's why you keep hearing about interest rates going up. They're making money more expensive for people to get so that it slows down the economy. The problem is you, inflation is so goddamn high that you really can't raise the interest rates high enough or fast enough to curb before you know the, the value of the dollar goes down. Now, the right. reason why it's so dire and the reason why I say you have to understand what money is first and foremost and what the dollar is before you can understand how, how deep of a situation we're in is because mm -hmm. the only thing that makes your dollar valuable is the fact that anywhere around the world right now yeah. you go to, that dollar is going to be accepted. Why? Right. Because it's the number one world reserve currency, mm, right. which means the Chinese government, the Russian government, the English government, they all hold trillions Everybody. of dollars of United States dollars in their banks mm -hmm. so that they can go, if China wants to go buy Russia uh, oil from Russia, they say, hey, Russia, here's a billion dollars of U.S. dollars. Give me a billion dollars worth of, worth of oil yeah. or natural gas or whatever it may be. Right? Now, uh, with the dollar crashing like this, the the essentially the trust that people have in the United States government to repay its debts, to stay stable. Uh, if you, you imagine if our dollar went, went down, if your $100,000 salary went down 9% this year, imagine what China's $2 trillion that they got in, in, in you know, U.S. dollars did. They done lost billions of dollars in value, mm -hmm. right? And so now the countries around the world are starting to share the U.S. dollar as a reserve currency, right? They're starting to look for other options, which is why you're starting to see all of a sudden Countries like Paraguay, Congo, Russia, Ukraine, all these countries are now starting to adopt crypto. Bitcoin and cryptocurrency as legal tender. It's right. not because they just want to or they think that, you know, Bitcoin is going to moon and all this other type of stuff. They're not tripping off the date. It's because they know that it's a deflationary asset, mm -hmm. which means instead of printing millions and millions and millions of it every year, you got a limited supply. Mm -hmm. Right. And so now if I go buy up the supply, I know that the next man... He ain't going to have as much he can buy. And so right. it puts upward pressure on the price of the assets. Mm -hmm. And so now, you know, the reason why that's scary is because your dollar that you got in your bank account is steady declining, right? The only way for you to guarantee lose money in this country is literally to save it, yeah. right? Because inflation is going to continue to go down, go, right. you know, drive higher. The value of that dollar goes down. 20 years ago, a dollar is worth $2.20 today. You yeah, I saying? had this conversation with somebody about saving. They got mad at me, though. It's <laughs> the truth. Because I was on a panel, and I hate panels, yeah. Yeah. but I'm on a panel, and a brother just gave a whole speech about how you should save your money. Yeah. Oh, matter of fact, the brother here, my brother. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. We, we, we used it in the studio. Yeah. That was the brother. <laughs> but we was having the conversation yeah. about saving, but he was talking about the IRA. And, it, 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 and my whole thing is that, you know, wealth is the time you have. So it's like, 
you know, it's based on how much time you can afford. Yeah. You understand me? Like, if, if everything stopped right now and you calculate your bills for the month, how many more months do you have to where you can survive and you can pay your bills and maintain that quality and standard of life? Yeah. Because, you know, some, might cal some people may calculate, but I got a day. You know what I mean? Some people may say, I got a week. Some people say, I got a month, three months, six, 12. Mm -hmm. But that's how much wealth you have. Mm -hmm. You understand me? So you may have a day's worth of wealth. Some people behind on their bills, so they got mm -hmm. negative yeah. wealth. Mm -hmm. You understand right. me? Right. So uh, we have to be able to, to look at, especially the dollar, because no matter how much time we drill this in people's head, they don't get it. Mm -hmm. The banks are still full with money. Yeah. You understand me? Because people still don't get how dire the times are. Yeah. Right. Right? It's like when you talk about 10% inflation, really right. probably 12, 13, 14% is ridiculous. Right. They don't want to say the real number. Yeah. Right. And the way that they measure inflation is an outdated system. Yeah. And so when you take into account cryptocurrency and blockchain, because this is a whole nother calculation mm -hmm. with Bitcoin being, you know, a, a trillion dollar asset, mm -hmm. they're they not really uh, uh, factoring in when they talk about inflation. You right. understand me? And what that effect is going to be in the future. But when I look at money, you know, I think money is a, it's a simple concept that it's energy that you have to consistently recharge in order to have more of it. Right. And that energy starts to go out if you don't put it back to work. Yeah. You understand me? And I know that if you got $100,000, you have 90000 mm -hmm. in real life of value. Yeah. Right. You understand me? But even less, maybe 86000 Yeah. Right? So... The fact that you would keep that in the bank would mean that if you keep that in the bank and inflation 10%, two years, 20% of that gone. Bro, if $100,000 when I was born, I was born in 1990, mm -hmm. if my parents had put it, if they had $100,000, they had saved it from that point, it's only worth 45000 a day, right? So just, that is literally lost, lost revenue. Had they invested it at 8% or whatever, it'd be multi-millions right now, mm -hmm. right? And so investing is the key for, for all of this type of stuff. And then when you look at and that's also to the point of the crypto, uh, and, and Bitcoin, things like that, that's also where countries, think of countries with trillions yeah. of dollars, if they're invested into an asset like Bitcoin, Bitcoin is the standard, and now it's deflationary, so chance increase every year, the value is likely to increase. Obviously, it's very volatile, I'm not mm -hmm. saying that, you know, it doesn't right. go down and up and things like that in relation to the U.S. dollar, but the value continues to essentially, over time, continuously increase, right, right. Um, just because of the fact it's deflationary, and right. that is why it's so critical for people to start paying attention to this because it is possible for the U.S. dollar to lose 50% of value overnight. Mm -hmm. Russia's ruble dropped 80% in value in like a, a day. Mm -hmm. And they had to go in and, and, and work some tricks to, to kind of like keep it pegged to, to gold to a certain standard, right? Mm -hmm. um, which is essentially, you know, it, 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 it just it puts us in such a, a, a bad situation in the U.S., when countries are starting to look for alternatives and mm -hmm. peg their, their money to, to gold and other assets. Yeah, that's a big move. That's yeah. what they got, that's what they knocked off Gaddafi for, right? Yeah. Gaddafi was trying to move, the, move his currency over to the gold dinar standard, which would essentially mean that the United States and Western countries, in order to interact and engage with African resources, would have to bring gold to the table. Mm -hmm. And they don't have it, right? It, it, right? If they did, they don't have enough of it because the dollar is just basically backed by the promises of the government. And so for us as black people in this world, Right, we gotta understand that there's a shift in the financial system happening, and mm -hmm. that world order we talking about, from being at the bottom of the total pole, essentially financially. Mm -hmm. I get that call. Yeah, you know what I mean. 
So, like, you know, being at the bottom of the total pole, essentially financially, in, in, infrastructure-wise, globally and here in the, in the, in the, uh, in the um, economy, in the world, right. you know, the crypto world and, and DeFi and all that type of stuff provides us a whole new system for being able to, you know, to, to build our finances and restructure and reshift and reposition ourselves in that world order, right? Ten, five years ago, had everybody in this room, every black person in America bought one Bitcoin, let's just say, for example. And I don't mean to sound like a Bitcoin priest or nothing like that, right? But if everybody had bought one, one Bitcoin at, you know, $500, $400, today the net worth of every black American in this country would be significantly higher, right, right. to some degree. I mean, you know, not a, a grand thing, but overall much, mm -hmm. much higher. Right. And so our positioning in the world economy shifts, right? The reason why Chinese and Jews and things like that can get things done in this country, when uh, black, let me talk Black Lives Matter for 10 plus years. Right. Somebody comes with Stop Asian Hate and in a week, you know, they sign a bill right, right. to take care of it. Why? Because they have the economic infrastructure and they know how to move it into politics through super PACs and things like that. And we have to start operating in that same kind of manner, collecting the economics and moving it to where we got to move it to. Right. Yeah, and, and, and that goes to, so you talk about Bitcoin and stuff, man, and uh, I know a person like, well, I can't afford $38,000, and then that breaks down into getting some Satoshis or getting some Ethereum. Solano be having hella hacks, but Solano's still a solid, you understand me? And really just understanding that, and I'm going to keep drilling this point, and every time I talk about economics, diversification, you understand me? Like, that's just the key to it all. Uh, but I want to know... Because we know that the, if you went to the grocery store, the food prices are high, you understand me? And then there could be a food drought. Um, water, there could be another water drought, you understand me? Like, all of these mineral resources, there's already supply chain issues with, you know, um, the things that they need for uh, uh, technology right now. So the minerals, it, it's not that they in short supply. But they have to go not only mine them and then get them over here. So the supply chain to get them is the issue. Everything is being squeezed. Almost in every industry that you can look at, you're going to see an issue. And that's not normal in reality. Normally, you got this sector messing up, but every over here working perfectly fine. Right now, you probably can't find one system that's just working properly fine because it's putting one going down, put stress on another, put stress on another. So while a person may be continuing with their regular life, the world around them is in strife. Right. Yeah. You understand me? So let's talk oh. some solutions. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So you brothers have tens of thousands of students. Mm -hmm. You understand me? Mm -hmm. With your program, Cheat Code, and mm -hmm. you know you have a curriculum that's set up like a university where people are actually able to come in there and learn, and it's a mm -hmm. funnel system. Mm -hmm. So what are you teaching your students right now that they can hedge against this economy? Funny enough, bro, like about a week ago, we, we just got back from Chicago, right? We flew yeah. out to Chicago drove to Michigan to connect with one of our students out there who um, he's been taking money from trading and moving it into farmland, right? Mm. So he started out with a couple acres. Um, he intended to start trading to pay off his car. Right. And he started moving, he started moving into uh, to purchasing the farmland. He now is sitting over 44 acres, right? Yeah. He got his 40 acres literally out the market. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so what, what we've been kind of preaching um, you know, what I've been screaming, if you go back and look at most of the videos or anything, like, anything like that that you see me talking on, I've been talking about how, you know, moving money out of the tech world, right, and into uh, real assets, agriculture, commodities, things like mm -hmm. that, is where we want to be positioning. Even myself and, and Jay, mm -hmm. we've taken, you know, most of our, our you know, uh, holdings that we had in, in high-tech companies and stuff like that, we diversified them through 
uh, certain ETFs and things of that mm -hmm. nature. Natural gas has been one. Um, gold and silver, uranium mm -hmm. has been another one. Real commodities. Um, mm -hmm. And then also, we're now looking for agricultural land ourselves to, to get into. If you look at uh, Bill Gates, you know, mm -hmm. is a tech entrepreneur, right? One of the biggest tech entrepreneurs in the world. But he also is the largest landowner mm -hmm. in the United States or the largest loaner of United, owner of United States land in the world, mm -hmm. right? Agricultural land. And the reason for that is simple. You know, we, that's the one thing. I don't care how much people go into the metaverse. I don't care how much people do anything else. Physically. You're going to need to eat. Right. right, you're going to need to need to supply need to to supply. And as population growth changes, so does the demand on food supply. So, right. what we've been kind of preaching is start diversifying your mindset, not just out of particular stock assets or mm -hmm. you know trading different types of stocks uh, or, or even different types of assets like futures. We teach a lot about you know getting into commodities trading and things of that nature, but also diversifying your mentality from, you know, I could spend ten thousand on a car. Mm -hmm. Right, I could spend ten thousand on an, any other type of asset, or I could spend ten thousand and purchase me a piece of land, physical land that can provide mm -hmm. some type of agricultural resources going forward. Because food right. prices are going up, and as the dollar goes down, so the food prices go up. So you need right. to have some type of security in that way. So agriculture, commodities is what we've been doing. I like that. Peace family. Sorry to interrupt this high-level transmission, but I have a message from Block World Order. Block World Order is a transformative experience to give you access to the information, tools, technology, community, and resources that you need to have economic certainty during this time. Not only will we be dealing with the financial aspect of you being able to have the confidence to take care of yourself and your family to be able to build wealth, but also the mental, the spiritual, and the physical components necessary in order to have holistic wealth meaning that you are captivating every single aspect of your life in this pie chart of success. From the trading platforms, to the fitness programs, to the coding, to the coaching, to the real estate programs, the land investing, you name it. We want to be able to facilitate an operation where you can get everything all at once. Once you go through the BWO, you will be taken on this journey of high-level coaching access so that you can have a transformative experience from day one I appreciate you tapping in. Now back to our regularly scheduled high-level conversation. That land, yeah. land, land is definitely number one. Yeah. You know, I always put out that list of things that all families should do, black families specifically. Land is always up there. You understand me? You know, I like my gold too, you feel me? Don't get me wrong. You understand me? But land is key because when we talk agriculture, you know, I did the episode with King Randall, um, and this is a brother who was able to you know, um, buy 40 acres, you understand me? Now, he did it out in Albany, Georgia. I think they pay like $40,000, $50,000, some amazing number, you understand me? And then he was able to, you know, uh, crowdfund and buy four buildings to create schools on it. Now, when we talk about land, because, you know, land, the value of land has been going up because, of course, they ain't making more land, so if a person buys, supply and demand just taps in. So for me, that's where I'm at right now, land. Like, that's what my focus is going to be for the rest of the year. And I'm glad y'all said that because, you know, my brother Ben next to them, they do the hereafter farms where they allow people to buy in, they do the farmland. And the goal is to, really, I want everybody to do the same or similar things as that, right? Like, we need to see examples of stuff like that happening and everybody take that as marching orders. You understand me? So when we talk about things like DAOs, I'm not sure if the regulation around it has 
worked in a manner to where you can say, hey, buy into this DAO, then we'll give you fractional right. ownership That's and land. That's exactly what I was yep. saying. But there's yeah. ways that you can get around it. Yeah. So when you buy that DAO, you understand me, or create the DAO and people fund it, then we say, okay, here's the land and this is a farm over here we can buy. This one is 100 acres for $400,000. This is what we can build on. We do the land survey, get adjustment for the land. This is what we can build. This can be the business. Because if you bought somewhere in Albany, let's say Albany, now there's you know, uh, uh, it's a small airport. It's probably not a lot of transportation going in and out, but you can always build the transportation chain. You understand me? So therefore you got an import export business going on. And you can do that all throughout America in a lot of these cheap locations. Because it's say if we find out that, well that infrastructure will cost a billion dollars. We got $1.7 trillion, you understand me, in our community. It really starts with educating and getting people to, you know, uh, um, take where they have us or trending in certain areas and say, listen, what can we give up so we can get more? You understand me? And if we want more, because I know for a fact outside communities, they offer deals all the time to our people. All the time. Oh, yeah. You understand me? Because oh, they yeah. see the value. They love it. They love right. it. You understand me? So and this is, I think, what you, what you touched on just now is a very clear cut and very uh, straightforward Mm -hmm. Utilization of something like a DAO, yeah. right? Right. So you know, you said you know you create a DAO that essentially partners with black farmers, black mm -hmm. agriculturalists, things of that nature, and you have black investors who now want to take money and move it into agriculture. Maybe they don't have. Obviously, not everybody has a skill set. The reason we, we even went up there to even talk to uh, to our student like that, shout out Yakobi, mm -hmm. um, is because he has a skill set. He knows right. how to do the farming. Yeah. We got the capital. Right. Right. We can build farms. We can do things like that. So now you have the DAO. Money goes into the DAO, goes to the farmers. Smart contract automatically executes every time agricultural uh, products are sold from those farms. Right. Back to the DAO, back to the investor, right? right. And so it's a, a trusted system. I don't need to know the farmer personally and trust that he's going to do the right thing. Right. It all automatically happens. Every, you know, even product and produce that's grown on the farm, you have seed to table yeah. uh, scanning and processes on the blockchain that you right. can know exactly where each seed goes into what products. So everything is trustless, and that's how you, you implement and create a solution for a particular problem. Right. So this is an APB for anybody who knows agriculture. Yeah. We need to start an agricultural DAO. You know yeah. what I mean? No, that's, yeah. that's shit. That's yeah. the key right there. We're right. going to build it off that one. Because... Right. You know, uh, so like, you know, it, it, it's hard. Like people are really scrambling and trying to figure out where this money should go. Right. Now land is something that every entrepreneur, you understand me, should have, or every person should have really, right? Black farmers, I just read an article on how black farmers have lost billions of dollars over years. Then at the same time, we had land that we was inheriting and we lose because we didn't have it structurally set up with certain trust, uh, irrevocable trust and things of that nature. So therefore we can pass it down and or have certain heirs you understand me, for the things that we do build. So not only we got to build it up, but specifically when we start getting land and we start doing these things, we got to have a structure right. You understand me? Because we lose a lot just through error, human error, and not setting our shit up right. Because I know for a fact that our grandparents and great-grandfathers and great-great-grandfathers, they had land. They had buildings. My great-great-great-grandfather, he was a real estate investor out in uh, St. Louis. And um, he actually... He had enough money to where he had multiple buildings, you understand me? And he was able to put my um, great aunt into college. She became, I think, the second attorney in St. Louis, right? And she also became the first black woman on the NAACP uh, board. And what she did was during that time, they had covenants to where certain black people couldn't buy certain homes. 
You understand me? It was racist covenants that was built where white people say that they won't sell to black people. If they do, it's illegal. So she ended up, of course, going to lawyer, becoming a lawyer and an attorney. So I think Thurgood Marshall was on the case as well. So he funded the case to go to the Supreme Court. They took it to the Supreme Court and they won. You understand me? And they set the precedents, the precedents to kill those covenants, those racist covenants, um, because it was unconstitutional. Right. And I think about that because, you know, you got to be able to put your money where your mouth at. You understand me? And it's so many lessons in that, because not only we talk about family being your wealth and your legacy, like if he didn't have a daughter in that position, he may not have known the law that she could tell him about certain things. Right. It, 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 but he also got funded for some organizations that he was a part of doing the real estate. Right. Um, and they family today has some wealth. Now, you know, they ain't passed me down nothing, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Kudos to what they was doing at the time. But that's the lesson in that as well. Like, if we was able to benefit on, number one, the knowledge, I had to read about them by my own research. It's not something that they came and was like, let me educate the family on what was going on. Um, they wrote books and things of that nature, but a lot of us have family history we don't know about. In the booming 1920s and 30s, when we talk about Black Wall Street, that was our ancestors. You understand me? A lot of them had business and, and communities, and they did business, and they was great entrepreneurs. But how many of y'all can tell the story of them and or have something that you inherited from that? Now, we know that in this country, they've destroyed a lot of communities, not just Black Wall Street. You understand me? And that's the reason we don't have that connection, and we value ignorance more than education, and we value individuality more than lineage. You understand me? That we try to build everything based on our individual wants and needs and perspectives instead of saying, how can I add to the collective? Like right now, me and, me and like the first episode of High Level Conversations, we were talking about that LeBron in your family. Like if you got a LeBron in your family, everybody got to rally around that. You understand me? But the selfishness is to say that this person LeBron, so I'm going to try to compete and be Jordan. You understand right. me? Like, right. no, build a team around that basis. Mm -hmm. That's how y'all win championships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You understand me? Because as we see, LeBron ain't nothing without the team. Yeah. You yeah. understand me? He says me? that all the time. He says that all the time. And shout and out to LeBron because yeah, he reposted my stuff before. Yeah. So we yeah. kind of like Shout yeah. out to yeah. LeBron, LeBron, man. Big fan for sure. <laughs> nah, but um, even to that point, education is also another thing that we realize is, is a key, right? We talking about our student that we went to visit with the farmland and 40 acres plus. Um, what he was telling us that one of the lands that he most recently just acquired, the log on the land when he got, you know, the excavators and the people to come, like, you know, essentially, like, estimate the land and its value. They had told him if he just held the land for, what was it, two three years, years or three years, the land, just the timber on the land and the type of wood on the land would be worth over half a million dollars. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so he bought, he bought that land for 60. For 60,000. And see, see that's, yeah. that's the one thing that I think right. about land owners. A lot of them don't know business. They may know farming and agriculture, yep. but yep. they don't have any a lot of creative business concepts. Like right. you can sell the dirt, you can sell the timber, you About, can create yeah. event spaces mm -hmm. on the land, right. oh, yeah. you can have yeah. paintballing, yeah. you can do tiny home communities. Uh -huh. Like if let's say so, let's say right now I got 40 acres somewhere a little on the outskirts of Atlanta. Instead of right. doing this, I would have had everybody show up there. Yeah. You understand me? Doing an event, throw a festival. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've never heard one black farmer throw a festival before. Yeah. Exactly. You understand me? Yeah. So it's like 
either they need to connect with the business people, the influencers or whatever, so that we yeah. can start turning that land into a real asset right. to where it's appreciating Multiple and it's making money. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, if I buy land, I'm not waiting for it to appreciate. Yeah. You understand me? I'm going to turn right. it into a business ASAP. I'm going to give you another Definitely. example. Even the seeds, that, the soil, everything. everything. On right. that same trip, uh, one of his, I think his cousin, we went over to see his cousin's land. His cousin bought a piece of oh, property, man. about eight acres for like 200. Beautiful land. House. Yeah. And an apple orchid on it, right? right. So it's got mm. literally like, I think 120 trees. They produce apples every year right. with two sheds. Each of the sheds is worth about 80,000 and just in and of itself, the barn, the, the barn's on the property. And so mm. he's turning one into an event space, mm-hmm. right? For people to be able to get married, you know, in like a nice little rustic environment. Right. The other one he's turning into, um, he's trying to do like a hemp grow inside, mm-hmm. that, inside that one. I was telling him he needed to turn part of it into a Bitcoin mining operation, but yeah. he, he, you know, he don't know, know about that yet. But um, that's two sources of income. Then you got the apple apples orchid. that he now can yeah. also process into apple juice, apple right. pies, apple sliced apples, and yeah. all those type of different apple products if he so choose to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just from that, just from one piece of land, one investment, right, for $200,000 that, you know, we, where we at, you can't even get a damn condo for two hundred. dollars Right. He now has been able to buy himself four or five different sources and streams of income. Mm -hmm. And so luckily, to your point, you know, that's somebody who has an entrepreneurial mindset. You know, this is a Mm -hmm. black man in the middle of Michigan Mm -hmm. where everybody else around him is is, uh, Caucasian. Right. And he's now, you know, taking the entrepreneurial mindset and utilizing that to his to his advantage. That's generational wealth. He's Mm -hmm. going to be able to pass down the knowledge of how to do Mm -hmm. certain things to his kids, as well as the assets that he produces and provides on that piece of land over the years, and that's just on one, mm-hmm. right? And so that's what I mean when I say, like, you know, our mindset is really everything starts from that, you know, going from, like, just knowing that this is something that's possible mm-hmm. and positioning ourselves and that being intentional about positioning ourselves in that way right. can shift everything generations later. And even with the Dow situation, to your point, connecting the entrepreneurs and the entrepreneurial minds to the financing, to the those who are actually hands-on, being able to produce those things is a very simple mm-hmm. thing and structure. And these are things that we want to start doing, you know, right. over the course of the next year. So, you no, know nah, that's super so, key. That, that yeah. gets me to thinking about just implementation of, you know, um, timeshares, right? Like right. one of my my thesis was early on looking at everything that was a luxury is going to be standard business practice, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, like we've seen that with Airbnbs, we've seen that with cars, right? With Ooh, Uber and Lyft. Sure. That was things prescribed only for the rich at first, right? right? Airbnb is like a timeshare. You understand me? Um, and then you got Uber. That's basically having a personal driver. Yep, right. sure. Whenever you want. Yep. Those are things that only rich was doing. If you look at every facet of reality, even now, like the private chef industry had boomed, yep. especially during the pandemic, people would come over. These weren't things that the average person would look at that they were privy to. Mm-hmm. But now all of these things are becoming standard yeah. and they basically lowering the price so now everybody can able to implement that, yeah. right? And for me, I think that the most, the most uh, important thing that we focus on is creating better business models, yeah. Yeah. right? Like that's the pivot. Like when I utilize NFTs, I'm gonna utilize it in every capacity I possibly can, can because they just digital tokens, yeah, you right. understand me? Digital assets or smart contracts right. that can be written to execute whatever I want. Right. So it's like, if I'm looking at the board at Yacht Club, the way they did it was, they took a mastermind group, you understand me, that had no radar, no influence on social media, and said, let's take advantage of this booming, you know, uh, new thing, while everybody is hyped up on it. Right. People buy it. Of course, they get free marketing and publicity from everybody, right? Right. And it end up taking off. Now, 
the secondary execution is more important of what I see on how they built out their culture. And then, of course, they took that and they was able to get Asian. They got that signed like an artist would get signed. Mm-hmm. Now they got representation that gets them in the door in connection with different brands. Mm-hmm. Right? Institutions want to seem cool, so they buy it because they understand this is a way that they can connect with younger audiences and they can have the end for the culture. Right? Yeah. right? It's, it, was free mar- it wasn't free marketing, but it was paid marketing. Right, yeah. right, right. Like if I'm, if I'm uh, Coca-Cola and I buy one of your NFTs, all of those sites are now going to post up Coca-Cola. And mm-hmm. Coca-Cola spends billions on marketing anyway. Oh, yeah. So that was just a part of their budget. Then, boom, they went and decided to say that we're going to have a roadmap with Metaverse Land, a DAO. The DAO says that, listen, what do y'all want to have happen with this token? What do y'all want to have happen? Mm-hmm. And, and different protocols that y'all want us to implement on them. So now mm-hmm. the people that own the token are voting within the DAO, mm-hmm. keeping them a part of it because that's part of tokenomics, keeping yeah. people a part of that infrastructure. Right. Yeah. How do you do that? You got to keep people involved. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that price go up to where a lot of people made money right before they land sale that they had. Mm-hmm. The land sale was smart because instead of doing these 10000 profile photo picture projects. Right. Now yeah. they saying that, wait a minute, we can put out a hundred thousand because right. we got at least a hundred thousand people that want to be involved. Right. So they put out goddamn a hundred thousand pieces, create these whitelists. Mm-hmm. Now these people can't wait to buy it. Cause I feel like yeah. I'm getting some exclusive that right. million mm-hmm. people know about. Right. So now they buy into it. You talking about I think maybe two, three hundred million dollars was made in a day over yeah, something that doesn't soon. exist. Yeah. Right. 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 So it's like, number one, we focus very hard on creating businesses using yeah. every aspect and ounce of brilliance that we got to pour into businesses hard. Hard. And here's these people that just understood the technology, the times right. and the right time, the right idea, at the right time will be success. Yeah. So it's like for me, that's efficiency. Most that's three hundred million. Now they didn't grossed you know, $500 million being traded, and by the end of this thing, it's going to be a billion, and now it became the largest NFT project mm-hmm. ever. You right. understand me? And they offering. And basically, that was a crowdfund. Right. That's what most people didn't understand. It was right. a raise. Mm-hmm. So when you see them reporting on it, they're saying that they raised $300 million for their metaverse. Right. You understand me? Mm-hmm. Meaning that they're going to take a percentage of those profits and build it mm-hmm. utilizing OPM. Right. Yeah. So exactly. I've talked about that being intellectual property offerings before, these are the new IPOs. Yeah. These are the new funding tokens. That's yeah. what NFT is. Right. So while we debating on whether it's real, whether it's a scam, how, when they just got there and made a billion dollars off of it, why right. is we even, what's the challenge here? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even see that, like, I'm trying to understand that why only a certain percentage of the people see the opportunities and utilizing technology, making right. billions of dollars and utilizing those same funds to create impact. Right. It's that when we do it, we don't always support it, but when they do it, we hype it up. Right. So for me, the new the new thing is saying that of course the shit real. Right. It just it ain't real unless we use it. It don't matter unless we use it to democratize wealth. Right. You understand me? So if we do that same sort of concept but with more social impact, mm-hmm. because from what I know, that project doesn't have any impact, social impact, yeah. mm-hmm. besides making the holders rich. Right. Right. And the holders have no obligation to yeah. spread that money in no communities see, that's whatsoever. Where, that's yeah. where it goes back to the reason why it became as big as it was, was the self-interest part of it, right? Because mm-hmm. when people see other people making $100,000, they bought it at 1000 and now they get 100000 right. The only singular reason that they want that particular piece is because they see other people getting rich from it. Absolutely. And the, and the people who are part of that project, 
they're going to put their best effort into making sure that you know about it because it's in their best interest. If I know that I can get 10 other people to like this project and want to be a part of this project, it's going to increase the value of my asset that I'm holding because mm -hmm. I'm increasing the demand. Right. And so as, as they continue to do that, they can get this celebrity. Think about how most people can interact with it. Snoop Dogg just bought, you see those posts on social, Snoop Dogg right. just bought this, bought this board aid for $500,000. Eminem. Eminem just bought this, this that. Gary and on the back end, these people are actually in conversation in with conversation. It's a That's the difference, though. It's a group chat. Like, yeah. when the yeah. average person look at it, it's just, they thinking Snoop doing what they doing and just seeing something hot oh. and buying. No, right. he talking to them, yo, nephew, what's the play? Right. You understand me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. His son giving them the phone, they, they, and then you know? they line it up, and they're right. going to make money. Right. Because he not only owned that one, he owned another 30, 40 of them. Yep. So now Elon Musk posted, you yes. understand me? And now guess what? The price drives up. You, you got to understand the game that's being played is being played for the rich to stay rich. Right. And the rich don't mind making other rich people rich. rich. Exactly. You understand me? That's the difference. So if, if you standing behind... And you done seen billions of dollars be transferred, and you still don't want to get a simple introductory education. That to me says you don't really want to solve your problems and build wealth. Right. You really might not love your children as much as you possibly say you do. Right. Because if you did, you would educate yourself in every Mercy. aspect yeah. of reality so that you can give them the opportunities they're going to need in the future. Yeah. Right. And the thing about it is, yeah. this, this is not even an option at mm -hmm. this point. Like, this is changing everything. Right. The way we structure, the way we look at money, this is, I mean, just follow the money. It's one of the most simple plays in investing. Follow the money. Follow the money. Venture right. capital, man, venture capital done puts like 70% of venture capital money last year in 2021 went to crypto and Web3. Yeah, projects. JP Morgan right. all up in You know what I'm saying? Countries, uh, entire countries, institutions, China has a digital wand. They, right. they done took their, their version of the dollar, their wand, and turned it into a digital version. All these countries... Everybody is shifting this. We cannot afford to be the last people to the to the plate. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody's sitting down eating. You got the white boys, some of the white boys out there, like Gary Vee and them, they've been sitting down eating at the plate for years. Mm. A couple of years now. Big culture place too. You know they even yeah. get invited to more barbecues and yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's crazy. And what yeah. you just said is a is a key point, like for for us entrepreneurs in our space culturally to have ideas and things that we're sitting on. For example, like somebody like a Rick Ross talking about, oh, you know, where the crypto people at? You're in music, entertainment. We have a music entertainment the, the, platform. Music NFT platform. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's like, for us to get to somebody like that, there's such a gap. But for those guys to get to where they need to get, there's a system, there's a streamline. Easy. All they have to do is get up, go to a venture capitalist, or find a family member who's it's already easy. in the venture world, get them funding for the project. They already know the project, ins and outs. Once they have this deck, all they have to do is present the deck. Boom. The money, the funding, all they have. Get one quarter, this guy, hey. This guy's got this project. We got a hundred million. We got. We could push it. We could make it a billion dollar valuation. Everybody could walk up nine x off their money. Cool. Boom. Hang up the phone. Get that dude. Get that money out mm -hmm. and get the project out there. And then who's gonna consume the project? Our we culture. Right. We're gonna elevate that culture to that nine x. Nine x those guys' money. And next thing you know, we sit in back like, oh. The crypto space, right. what's going on? Is this NFT stuff real? Yeah. The eight eight percent of all money, fiat currency right now, there's just eight percent of fiat currency of all money. All money Physical. that you're currently yeah, mm -hmm. consuming is just digital. Like yeah. how many times do you actually interact with physical dollars on a daily basis? Anybody in this room, you don't really yeah. do that anymore. Mm -hmm. You just use an Apple Pay everywhere you go. You know what I'm saying? I don't That's, even like... It's yeah. funny because when we think about the coins, the apes may be ridiculous or the dogs, but we got old dirty white men on our shit that was ex-slave <laughs> masters. 
So, as ridiculous as that money may seem, it's better than the alternative. It's not better than the alternative. George was the first NFT. He's a nasty, dirty man, man. We be flaming them things up, too. You feel me? I think the redesigning of money. It's probably the most necessary thing that probably had happened, which is why most definitely. we probably didn't even realize, like, the money had such a terrible design in the first place. It right. represented our oppression because, right. you know, we were the first currency, black bodies. Right. Right? And so when we think about that, it's like we, you know, when we talk about education, like, you got to have an education that matters. Mm-hmm. Like, how many people in here went to college? You understand me? How many people in here got an engineering degree? Okay. See, now, you know, there was a large percentage of people that raised their hand, but it's a very small percentage of people that get engineering degrees, and those are the highest paying degrees. Yeah. You understand me? When we talk about technology, you're not going to, if I'm in a room full of Asians, you're not going to see that same statistic. No way. It's going to be the exact opposite. (laughs) Yeah. You understand me? Uh, And then, how many, and I don't want to embarrass nobody, so I'm going to keep ready as y'all raise your hands. But uh, we talk about most people got it into psychology. People got it into African-American studies. Mm-hmm. You understand me? And then they still ain't really study black people. Yeah. You understand me? They got a filter study. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is we don't get enough nation-building skills. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like technology and learning technology and agriculture, these are nation-building skills. Most definitely. Because when I want to get a developer... How can I find one? Mm-hmm. Right now, there's some in the culture, but we also right. need high level, and high level. or we need to be able to. I was talking with the president of reform, and we was talking about because uh, you know they got play to earn, they mm-hmm. got learn to earn, mm-hmm. they got. Um, it was another one. Um, it was an interesting one that I see. Move to earn. Mm-hmm. You understand me? Um, it was all of these different gamified systems that they right. using um, the blockchain for right. in these new. Uh, uh, um, uh, and, and cryptocurrency and the metaverse and all right. of this stuff. So, play to earn essentially where you know you play one of those games and then right, you get right. to get money as you play the game, right? right? Just for playing it. Um, and then you know, learn to earn was that let's say you create a DAO system where I would get companies. So let's say I go and I, and I said this before, like there's no reason that you know uh, I would have more testimonials than Coca-Cola in the hood. Right. You understand me as far as impact. Right. They spend billions of dollars. They spend right. hundreds of yeah. millions of dollars on trying to create impact, but the people that they have in those positions mm-hmm. don't actually know how to do it. Right. Right. So nobody. How many people here have a story where Coca-Cola changed their life? What about Colgate? What about Hennessy in a good way? <laughs> but I'm saying, like, a lot of these companies, they got budgets for social impact and mm-hmm. causes to do good. But right. ain't none of us can be like, yeah, man, that money came direct to me and helped us change my life in some capacity. And a lot of it is because they got some square person in that position that don't know right. and have any direct link no. and know how to create impact the good. Right. So, but you can go to those companies and shame them and be like, bro, y'all ain't doing nothing. Right. You understand me? Y'all got a diversity budget that ain't diverse. Right. You understand me? And you go to them and be like, look, this is a way where you can give directly to the communities. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to end the recidivism rate, you have to give the prisoners that come out there an education that they can use instead of having to fall back on crime. Right. You understand me? Right. So what if you got a, a, a DAO system where it's saying that, listen, everybody gets to come in and we're going to pay them to learn. 
Right. Now we're gonna get a hundred million dollars from Coca-Cola, we'll get a hundred million dollars from Apple or whatever. Right. We put two hundred million dollars in that fund, and as people learn these skill sets, mm -hmm. we also do job placement. Right. So we do direct connection to these big companies that's in the web three because now they have web three skills that can be utilized. Mm -hmm. So as they come out this funnel system, they job ready. Right. You understand me? And now we can be like, look, this is your dollars directly went into the hoods. Mm -hmm. You understand me? And this is how it changed this percentage of, you know, Detroit. This is how it yeah. changed this percentage of Oakland and Chicago and yeah. St. Louis and some of these other high crime, you know, violent areas in the world. Yeah. But without idea people, and this is why a lot of people don't realize they're so valuable, that a lot of the ideas you have, you can write down, put them into these decks, pitch it to these companies, mm -hmm. and you can get a lot of money. You can get your ideas funded. Right. Right. A hundred percent of ideas that never get pitched, never get funded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it all, it all yeah. comes back to education, though, you know, what I mean, because at the end of the day, you know, a lot of us don't even understand that system of how to go get venture funding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How to put together a pitch deck for an idea concept, mm -hmm. uh, what, how to even hash out the idea concept, having the level of expertise to understand what is possible in the space. A lot of us are just now. I mean, and, and to, the, to the credit of our community. You know, this stuff has just really started to take forefront over the past year yeah, and a half. We did right? just make financial and literacy so cool. It's right. like it's like financial literacy being cool. First and foremost, I've, I've been trading stocks since I was 13. I was that was 2000 and 2003. Four. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I started to really trade in 2011. I was the only I had my friend groups and stuff like that that I, I'd be teaching them. And we had like, you know, little group and stuff like that while we were doing other stupid shit in the streets and stuff like that. But we'll come back and take that money and put it into marketing and, and do what we do. It's like that was a, 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 a very small minority. When I used to go try to learn places and things like that, uh, little, little trading programs and stuff, it was all old white men. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, just this past two, three years, that has shifted dramatically. You know what uh -huh. I'm saying? You got programs everywhere. You got thousands, thousands of people. And then on top of that, crypto, we was in crypto in 2017. NFTs were around in 2017, mm -hmm. 2018. That's yeah, crypto kitties, crypto uh, little projects like that. And, and we crypto looked at them schools, and it was, nobody right. really thought nothing crypto of punks. it. Right? Yeah. And yeah. so now, you, now this stuff has just started to take off. People understand that DAOs were around at that time too. Ethereum Classic split off because of a DAO situation with, with Ethereum, right? Um, mm -hmm. It's been around. But you know, we're just now getting into the fact of most majority of the world is just now getting into it. And, you know, when your parents used to tell you, like, yo, you know, as a black person in this country, you have to be twice as good, yeah. you know, for less of the attention, right? Yeah. It's like, we can't, if we, even That's though it's been a you short. You got to be 10 times better. 10, 10 times. times. Even, 10 even, times. even though we have a short amount of time to, you know, to really start getting a hold of this, we have to consciously step up to the plate and dedicate ourselves to it, you know what I'm saying, to, to mastering these skill sets as important as possible, as, as quickly as possible. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And on, on that note also, with, with the kids, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We have to make sure that don't discourage the kids to not play video games. Make sure they get their homework done. But you got uh, kids and teenagers out there now making, making millions. Billion, millions of dollars playing games, right. being on YouTube, right. things like that. The stuff that we you know, thought was not anything you know, uh, uh, significant is now turning into skills that are needed for this new world that is coming down the pipeline. Right. And so... Um, even with the learn to earn models, you got guys that are sitting at home right now making $1,000 a day playing video games like through video crypto games. And, and, and NFTs, making better income than most people sure. with degrees. That's right. a fact. You know what I'm saying? So don't encourage the kids to, to you know, just try to structure it. You know what I'm saying? Get right. them the tools, get them the things that, that, you, that, uh, that they need to develop these skills, the education. Right. Um, last thing I'm going to say on that is even for, for us as a community, you know, black people uh, in, in the United States, black people around the world, we are in tribal culture, tribal people. Most you know definitely. what I mean? We're not used to uh, individualisms like mm -hmm. that, right? You know, a lot of us, historically, we are just naturally community-oriented. People don't matter if you're in uh, Atlanta, mm -hmm. if you're in Dominican Republic. Mm -hmm. I don't care if y'all think y'all not black or not, but the Dominican Republic do the same thing. Brazilians, yeah. Africans, we all congregate in communities to achieve whatever it is we want to achieve. So to that point, It starts with community, right? Which is what we got here going on, right? Having the right community around you, you know what I'm saying? Having the mm -hmm. right community of like-minded people who are trying to all, you know, exceed in, in a particular pathway. Mm -hmm. Finding the education, getting the educational resources necessary to build these skill sets and build whatever skill sets it is that you're trying to do to advance yourself. Resources, making sure we find the resources and share them with one another. You know what I mean? Making sure that, you know, we find the most quality, um, you know, whether it's uh, engineers, uh, whether it's, um, you know, people networks, whether it's, you know, online tools mm -hmm. or whatever, or online resources where we get our information from, uh, and then tools, you mm -hmm. know, making sure we're utilizing the best tools out there. And then we call this search, you know what I'm saying, certifications. Where you, that is where we go, and, and, and once we, we invest into those things, community education, resources, and tools, anything it is that we're trying to achieve in this space, mm -hmm. we can achieve and, and, and put together. Right. And, uh, and I hate to sound like we're just talking about ideas and concepts. This is actually something that we're working practical. on now, practical right. as solutions. And I encourage everybody else to also do the same. Right. And join other programs like you're talking about with Le LeBron and, and things like that. You know, there are people within your community right now. I know there's a brother in here right now that I reached out to right over there. My man in the metaverse doing holding programs. Good, bro. How many developers? You know what I'm saying? There you go, right there. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, My yeah, yeah. right there. All right, brother. All right, brother. Yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> go ahead, take yeah. it, all right? 
Go ahead. You know, so it's like find the people in your community who have the skills and, and, and work with them and, and put put the resources behind them. Right. To, you know, to knock stuff out. You know what I mean? Now, that's super key. And I'm, I'm, I am I want to get into your background a little bit in a second. Yeah. Um, but I do got some solid people here that I want to get on camera. My brother Jason and my brother uh, uh, Pop Darby, man. Uh, they showed up and they popped up, and I want to get some perspective on them. Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, my brother Jason, otherwise known as Mr. Four Weeks Out, oh, he had to stare at me. Uh, you know, I see you almost as swollen as me now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but what I wanted to ask you about, uh, first of all, if you could tell me a little bit about your business and the things you got going on right now. Yes, I'm um, Mr. Two Weeks Out on Instagram. I own the Loft Athletic Club. Um, I started in fitness, but I really started making headway when I, when I got, took my talents online. Um, I have an online fitness platform called X28 Fitness. Um, I went from having four or 500 people in the gym to having 40,000 people online. You know what I mean? So I really scaled my business kind of early. You know, this was 2016. And from there, you know, we're just dibbling, dabbling, everything e-commerce, you know, um, I try to monopolize the fitness industry, you know what I mean? Anything fitness, I got it. Fat burners, my wife has a clothing line that made a million dollars first year of business as well. Mm. Um, so, man, we just trying to put our foot on the, the industry completely in all different, you know, angles. So I, I wanted to ask because I wanted to see if I could come up with some uh, concepts when it comes to, like, how you utilize the Web3 for your business. Are y'all currently utilizing anything Web3 yet, integrating? No. So it's like, I know you got the you got the fitness, and we talked about Move to Earn, mm -hmm. right? So Move to Earn was a concept. Basically, they, they pay people. You understand me? They strap on, you know, some of the, whether it's the headsets or something, and then they pay you per your steps and things of that mm -hmm. nature, right? So it's encouraging people and incentivizing them to you know, be active and be healthy and lose weight. And I think we're gonna see a lot more of these concepts pop up where people are getting paid and then advertisers are kind of connected to that and there's this beneficial relationship where everybody gets to win. So it's like, and then of course, you know, just kind of the concept of metaverse gyms. Cause we seen, what was that bike company that went down? Peloton. Peloton, Peloton was great during the pandemic but it wasn't practical when people wanted to move about real life. Thanks. You understand me? But at the same time, if I got a gym to where I can see all of my peoples there and I'm at the crib and I'm working out, that's different. Like I might be working out in Dwayne Johnson there. You understand me? A person gonna wanna be in that room. You get to talk to them, you get to have that experience. Like that's major and I know for a fact you connected with a lot of celebrity, you understand me, influencers and things of that nature. And I think there could be a great idea where maybe put in like a 3D camera and allow people to experience um, Cause I'm sure y'all probably do things online and stream already, yeah, yeah, uh -huh. but that immersive experience I think takes it to the next level when you feel like you're in a room with somebody. Exactly. You understand me? It creates another level of accountability as well. Mm -hmm. You feel me? And I think that that's kind of the future of what we headed to with that space, because with every industry, there's going to be something that booms that can either accelerate your business or knock it off. You understand me? But if you pivot and grow with it, now you just got a vertical to make more money. You understand me? And this is kind of like, I probably can think of a concept just for anybody business based on the limited knowledge that I do have of the space, but it's just about creative business models. Mm -hmm. And if we implement it before it becomes standard, 
then we could be the innovators. Yep. So therefore, we at the head of it, and, and we capture more of the market space mm -hmm. rather than following somebody because here comes, you know, uh, Mark Zuckerberg create goddamn gems of the metaverse. Now he got a million people. No, we seen Mr. Four Weeks Out been doing that. We on his wave. He already made ten million dollars over here. I feel like for everybody business model, you can increase it 10x just utilizing Web3 tools. You understand me? Like, I know that for a fact. Any Crown Society members in here? Yeah. We got a couple. Y'all slacking in here. Y'all ain't got the Crown Society. The Crown Society in there. That's how y'all feel? It's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you listen, even if, if to what he said, it was, you know, going from, you went from in person, right? right. So you said what, like a hundred, couple hundred members? Yeah, about 500 members. 500. You took it online. Right, 40, and went to forty thousand. Right, mm -hmm. it's the same thing now. When you're taking it from online into Web three, right, right, it's a whole nother stepping stone. Right, and because that that infrastructure is not being built yet, has not been not been built yet, you have a capacity now to solidify yourself as the centralized place for certain things, whether it's fitness games, mm -hmm. whether it's like you're talking about move to earn or whatever it may be. It's literally like watching the entire world be be born again. We're just talking about Hilton hotels and stuff. We we yeah. stand. Uh, 80 years ago, they were just building those things, building, right. building, building infrastructure. You have the opportunity to do the same thing now, right. you know, in Web3. And, and to what Keys is saying, bro, right. it's, it's oh, definitely part of it, I, I came to show some love, but I came to learn, yeah. too. So yeah, yeah. Sure. I really appreciate you showing sure. up. A shout out to Neo in the building. You understand me? Up, Big money, Neo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, the reason I wanted to talk ideas and concepts is because I don't think we, once we can start paying visions and ideas in the head, we're going to tweak it to how we feel comfortable in business. But we need them ideas spreading more because we go get birth to them when we got them. Thanks. You understand me? The executor always go execute. You give a good, you give a person that got a great level of execution, a good idea, they're going to knock it out the ballpark and probably even do better than what you suggested. So I know for us, you know, everybody ain't got that sort of mindset where when they hear something good, they're going to roll with it. But other people, man, they couldn't wait to steal an idea. This way, you ain't got to steal it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yours. This is like a consultation, if you will. You understand me? But we need more of that for the culture, because when I go to these NFT spots and I speak, they ain't never heard nobody speak like me. Because none of them ever speak ideas and concepts. None of them ever give them practical value they can walk away with. It's just one big, long, boring pitch by founders that's not speakers that don't know how to communicate to a crowd. You understand me? So there's no synergy, there's no energizing, there's no call to action afterwards. People don't feel like they, they in a space that belongs to them. So I think that's important when we do these things, you understand me, is implanting a vision in our minds. Because if we walk around the world, for the most part, all of the statistics that we hear about, you know, we hear that black people don't circulate their money. You understand me? We hear that black marriages ain't lasting. We hear that 1.6 trillion spend dollars you know, is a liability. We ain't got nothing but bad message spread about our economics. Like, what is the good messages? Even when we doing good, we know for a fact that there's a boom of entrepreneurs. We know for a fact that there's a boom of financial education being spread. But those, there's no statistics to match that whatsoever. We go off of statistics that one person created, and then that spread like gospel for 100 years, whether it's true or not true. So what happens is you go give birth to whatever in your womb. You understand me? And you got that mental wound. So the images and the visions and the paradigms and the quotes and all of that shit that's get played in our head, we only know to live those habits in and out. 
So imagine if all billboards in Atlanta said black people are now circulating a dollar, you understand me, 10 days in the community. We just increased it by 10 days. It's going to make you feel good. And what happens when you feel good about that, you're going to want to participate in that vision. Like, oh, we are? We lit. Let me go spend some more money with a black business. You, you, go, you, you about to go to a, a church's chicken and it's going to say, why not black business? And you're going to look up and feel guilty like, damn. You know what? Let me go down to, you know what I mean, a little spot down here and get some vegan food or something, whatever it may be. But the, man, the, the moment you do that, you will increase the circulation of the black dollar. It's really that simple. Like, if you take today, right, I think Killer Mike did, uh, when he did it on his program, where he tried to see if he can live by just circulating the black dollar. Now, if any city can do it, Atlanta can do it. You understand me? Because Atlanta, y'all got everything out here. You feel me? So, therefore, if you're cognitive of saying that, yeah, we're going to go out to eat, but is it a black business? Right? And I know everybody don't care about, okay, he's talking black, spreading the words, blah, 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 but this benefits you. The more of us that have money, you understand me? The more of us that can give each other money to increase the quality of life, the more jobs, the more businesses, less people breaking in your cars. You understand me? Less people trying to rob you when you go to the mall. You know what I'm saying? Less people trying to rob you when you're getting gas besides the gas station. You know what I'm saying? So I would imagine that when we start tweaking small habits and we start to see incremental change, then we're going to love and appreciate that. Right? So the vision aspect, I think, is more important because we can talk the technical side, but without the mental and the, and the psychic side of things, then we don't have nothing inside us to produce. You feel me? And I want us to keep that at the forefront of every single thing we do when we're talking about high-level conversations. We got to be high-level observers, as he said. You know, uh, what I say, but he said what I said. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just let you know it's my quote. I'm just saying. Uh, no, but a high-level observer, we control what we see. But how much of what we see do we control? How many of the statistics that we put out there that we actually created? How many of the, the uh, uh, um, when they do the, um, what's the thing, when they do the surveys that we did, how do we know that they're true? We have no way of telling whatsoever. We just have to trust, but we can't verify, right? And so now I'm saying that we have the ability to create our own and verify and make it transparent and make it trustless. You feel me? So um, I wanted to also talk with my brother Pop Darby real quick. So Pop, you know, we've been knowing each other for a while, man. Um, when uh, we was mobbing with the shifters, traveling around the world, you understand me, teaching people and educating people. What was that 2017? You understand me? We went everywhere, you understand everywhere. me? All of the hoods of America. And we was teaching financial education, spirituality, paradigm shifts, a multitude of different things. And, you know, there's been a lot of change and growth since that point until now. We've had conversations, because, uh, you you know, you ran for, uh, what was it, Autumn, what was it? Uh, City Council. City Council. Y'all, people don't know is, I did this campaign for him. It was James. Ghetto, is, go ghetto is campaign it in was, America. It was ghetto. <laughs> we was like black and blue. Uh, uh, I got the hookup. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But at the same, we still did it, though. I got that on my resume. Nah, I got did. Campaign manager. So they love it. Campaign the still love it. <laughs> But, you know, we, back in those days, we were talking about um, building community. And recently, we've been talking about, you know, the metaverse together. Now, you, you definitely, personality type, got to be INTJ or something of that nature because you're super mathematical with all things that you do. You understand me? And you've broken down how we can utilize unions, you understand me, to create and manifest change. Can you give people an insight on that thesis? All right. Uh... 
So first I'll say I'm an intellectual property strategist and a polybath and a cultural influencer and a world changer as we've been saying. But uh, I got some social experience, experiments that we've been doing that we could pretty much just show that it worked. And it's the same thing, it's a synchronicity with what y'all been talking about. So the mathematical equation came from the book Powernomics where Dr. Claude Anderson talks about how if it was 45 million black people spending 1.1 trillion, now we up to 1.5 trillion. Within two years, if we would all circulate our money for two years, almost every black family would have access to a million dollar trust fund if they built that out. So I built an equation because I'm a software developer, I went to school for mechanical engineering. And uh, when we built out the equation, it was basically saying that every community could have I'm from a neighborhood called Sunnyside in Houston, Sunnyside, South Park, it's the south side of Houston. We have, when I ran for city council, we had 200,000 people in that community with uh, over 50,000 houses. But I'm just gonna go by one part. Let's say we got a group of 10,000 people, not in the community, virtually, and they do $20 a month. That 200 grand a month can circulate inside of that 10,000. Not only would you have your own funding monthly to be able to come in and invest back into each other and into the land, but you'll back door and have a community of 10,000 where if one person create a t-shirt and everybody buy it, they make their own 200,000 as well. So now you can utilize the creativity of each person, you can utilize your community, and you can circulate the dollar while building wealth. So, and that's just like in a snap of a finger, everybody can do that because $20 is a parking. You get what I'm saying? Or a sack or a ground, whatever you do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but the reality of it is that we have enough people to do that right now. And I mean, we in a lot of spaces. So I got STEM programs in middle schools, elementary schools, high schools. We building out an art park that's uh, gonna be a business Wi-Fi center and it has outside chess and inside it's gonna have esports and kids are gonna be able to learn how to stream live and do Twitch and all that. It's in a little bitty building, so the way that we, and it's on, in, on the side of that is eight uh, beds where we're planting a community garden. So it's, it's the way that we leverage space and time right now. So like when you were talking to Billy Carson, time is uh, the space-time continuum. Everything exists in a moment. We could change the world right now. Mm -hmm. I just want us to look at the world and change it because we can see that we can work with these right here. 100%. So 100%. that's yeah. what I've been on. And, oh, man, and, and brother Pop Darby is, is, is humble. Mm -hmm. You understand me? That's, that's the Houston native, man. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the God in Houston, if you will. You feel me? Everybody yeah. go to him. You understand? Before they make a move. Yeah. You understand me? Everybody. So one thing, one thing I want to point out about, bro, man, just listening to you talk, man, is that you're, like, you're an executor. You know what I'm saying? You're, right. you're somebody that, you know, is you're doing things. Running for office is something that, you know, we talk about. We mm -hmm. talk about more black people running for office, right? Mm -hmm. You doing it, partnering up with Keys, who, you know, is run, running the campaign or, or whatever. Well, that was a perfect example of execution. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that's the type of stuff that we, we really need. We have, like what you were saying earlier, the ideas and concepts. We have great minds in our community. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's all about yeah. building the, the people who are gonna build the systems to actually execute on those things. Like uh, like, like um, um, bro that you, you interviewed the other day, uh, King um, X. 
King X. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, Mr. Miley. Yeah, bro, yeah. bro, built a, you know, 40 acres, did 40 acres, and built the built school. Full school. school. So you, you know what I'm saying? Full school that they built. It's, ex, it's execution. Our you know social media campaign. Yeah, right. high level execution is what I call it. Yeah, that's a super yeah. fact. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. What, what I like about it is that everything is just a social experiment. Like, yeah. I ran for city council, but I hate politics. Right. I right. wouldn't want to do it at all. Right. I was a writing and I did it. Right. Like I said, we ran a ghettoist campaign just right. because. But you learned the process, though. Just because I know how I look. Like, when they was going and having their Conversation. Yeah. I was in Versace and jewelry, yeah. right. and they were like, yeah. "Oh, you talk like that, though." Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, you didn't even know we, you didn't even know we exist." I told him not yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, yeah. that's dope, man. I nah. want to see that. y'all got y'all got video. Yeah, we yeah, got. I got all of it. Yeah. No, but, bro. But look, through that process, though, you learn you learn political intelligence, though. You know right. what I mean? Just learn going the through value. that process that you can share with others. Because one thing I also realize is, as a people. You know, we have financial literacy now, right? We're we starting to gain financial literacy, mm -hmm. but it's also political literacy that we also lack, mm -hmm. right? Understanding how the political system works. You know, mm -hmm. how does electoral college work? How does the super PAC work? We know money goes into politics, right. but how? You know, right. you can't just give a politician, you know, hand them a dollar, Legal. right? You can't just, yeah. it goes through super PACs. Yeah, so we have to learn how that whole process works so that we can take advantage of it too mm -hmm. to make those changes. So what you're doing, like I said, I can't, I can't, you know, let that one skate by, man. You, you know, shout out to you for that. that. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate what y'all doing too, bro. The sure. only thing else we need to talk about is like what fintech is, because when people think about financial technology, they think about it like it's so much in the future. But mm. in 1969, the ATM machine was fintech. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So now we got to figure out what's the new ATM machine. 100%. Right. It's NFTs. All right. this money being printed yeah. right now is exactly. ridiculous. Exactly. But but to that same point of that equation that you just gave me, you talked about the ten thousand putting up the twenty dollars. You know, like I say, the average project is ten thousand. These are communities being funding ideas, projects, brands, businesses. You understand me? Every single day, and I can't imagine how a person looks at that and not want that for their business as well. So when we talk about the fact that we can't get money from venture capitalists, but you talking about a project with squiggly lines getting $100 million. But you complaining about writing a million dollars worth of paperwork and, and begging a company to give you some money, but they just showed you a vehicle. So for me, I think when I talk about efficiency, I just think that we're not efficient in our revolution. We're not efficient in our movement, our execution, our design. I talk about this all the time. People talk about the Illuminati. Well, the skull and bones, well, they, if you're telling me they got private handshakes, languages, secret corridors and islands and languages and, and things that you got to uh, handshakes and all kind of stuff, but right. we don't want to do none of that, but we mad at them for creating a high level execution. But we right. got that though. Look, every gang in America, all, all the gang, Vice Bulls, Chris Blood, they all got secret handshakes even, and even all that. Sports. You know what I mean? Sports. So, so can do it. they yeah, got yeah. that on the cultural tribal side, but yeah, never right. put it together to the corporate governing sure, constitutional exactly. side. You understand me? When you're governing something because all organizations within our community lack something. Right? If they, if they have the moral code and ethics and structure, they ain't got no money. You understand me? If they got the money, they ain't got no moral code, ethics, and structure. If they got both of those, they ain't got no technology to advance. Right? If they got the technology to advance, they ain't got the people. Right? They're, all of them are missing something. And everybody think they right. And I know for a fact they not. Like, when I grew up in Oakland, California, I didn't see multiple organizations of black men that have multi-million dollar organizations, a small army. You understand me? Every time they roll it out, we're talking about a whole black fleet of cars. But I seen that organization fail because of ego. I see it fail because of corruption. You understand me? So for me, it's like 
the passion that I had to create multiple organizations and groups was saying that I know for a fact this is the formula, right? But sometimes you get the right idea with the wrong people, right? And we don't get enough opportunity to fail, right? And every other culture, they get to fail until they succeed, right? When, when you fail in our culture, they take a snapshot of you and, and create that as your brand and reputation, right? So I learned that people may mock your process, but they'll love your results. So the only thing that we count is success in our culture. You understand me? That's the only thing that matters. So as long as I'm successful, the people go love me. So I'll let them hate me until I'm successful, and then I count the love. You understand me? So it, 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 it's incumbent upon all of us to not look at the failures in our culture as the Constitution, right? Because every time that I felt I learned a lesson that I couldn't have paid for, right? Like now I'm going to start seeking mentors, but I never had a mentor. I had to freestyle and do everything organic on my own just based on the wisdom, lessons, and experiences that I learned. And looking at other organizations fail consistently over and over and over and that over. That is a mentor. You understand watch, me? Watching watch watch what happened pre previously. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And to, to the, even to that point, it's like, yo, when you look back at all of our organizations that have come and, and done great things mm -hmm. but have ultimately failed, a lot of times it boils down to lack of systemization right. or, or dependency on one particular individual or leader or whatever it is that may, that may come through. And that always is going, when, when that leader goes away, there's a power gap that yeah. you know you have people trying to come through and, and, and at least all types of problems, right? So everything kind of boils down to building systems that don't require an individual because we are combating systems, right? right. Uh, systems of oppression, the criminal justice system, the educational system, these are all systems and institutions that are put in place without a face. Who's the leader of the educational system? You know, we don't know. We don't know the creator of it, right? right. It's a system that's put in place that continues to that's operate. That's Horace Mann. You know what I'm saying? He actually got my birthday. That's how I remember. Who? Horace Mann. Horace you understand me? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. he effectively architected the modern education system. You understand me? And the reason why it's not a lot of men in those positions is because they considered it to be a feminine position. And if it was a feminine position, of course, they treated women with less value, so therefore it became a low-paying job. You understand me? So even today, the one of the places where you don't have to fight for equality for <laughs> is women becoming teachers. We need more male teachers in order for we have effective education system, right? And like that's why us as black men work so well. And sometimes people, why are you always working with black men? Because we've always had a deficit in black male teachers and educators and leaders in our culture. You understand me? And so. Right now, us filling that gap is the reason that we've had success. If we look at everything that they didn't give us, every one of us created a business model based on the problem, right? They didn't teach us credit. They didn't teach us real estate. They didn't they ain't teaching crypto and metaverse and blockchain and, you know, uh, 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 PE didn't teach us how to properly work out. You understand me? None of these different things. So we say, well, for everything they didn't teach us, I'll solve that problem and get paid for it. So luckily, they left all these business models for us. So now, we know we got a list of more problems. So that's a solution that each person in here can start putting their brain to and start solving. Because you're not going to be the next 19 keys. Let me just let some air on that one. No, <laughs> no but because I already got my space. But you can be the next you at whatever you do. You feel me? But that's because I looked at a, a gap that my archetype didn't exist. But what archetype do you represent that people can aspire to? Or what design that should be in the algorithm that people need to hear, see, and execute like? You understand me? Like, when you start seeing what's missing, because we complain so much, it means that we scholars on the problem. 
That means that we know every aspect of what's wrong. You got to list that out, write it down. You understand me? And then build based on that the solutions. Anytime you got a problem and you complain, you writing the business plan. That's the way I'm looking at it. You writing the business plan. This is exactly what's needed and exactly what we need to do. So there's, there's nobody that should be on social media complaining about things. We, you know, one of the harder things we're going to have to deal with in our lifetime is the creation of families, right? Because we pro everything more than we pro family. You understand me? Everything more than pro family. And so if you're not pro family, you know, a legacy is one is basically leaving assets, right? But who do you have to leave those assets to? We in Atlanta, a lot of women got money. You understand me? They buy a house. They ain't got no children, no spouse. So where does that go when they die? So are we celebrating one generation wealth? But that's not generational wealth, but they go scream generational wealth and market generational wealth, but don't actually create it. <laughs> so, you know, and, and, and of course, you know, Atlanta got a lot of problems. We ain't got, we ain't got a chance to talk about all that, you know what I'm saying? But I, and I know y'all got available a pool of, you know what I'm saying, solid men uh, in a high percentage rate because of all of the things that's in the water out here. So, you know, y'all got to deal with ways to solve that, you know, <laughs> and that's going to be for another episode, but y'all can infer on what I'm talking about. So you got to deal with that when we talk about creating families, though, because families is generational wealth, and that's the most important institution that's out there. Because for everything that we talked about, it comes down to the institutions, and family is that institution that allows you to pass down knowledge, assets, power, right, traditions, rituals, all of these different things. You encode it into a crest. You encode it into a family Bible. You encode it into a family business. Then you grow up that son or that daughter. They become just like that and pass down that same institutional power. So now, all of the companies that we utilize, we talked about this before, those last names, we feeding everybody else's family but ours. Right. Just by going to eat, we can feed somebody else's family. Right. You understand me? More than we ever will feed ours. Right. So that's the change we got to make. Yeah, yeah, for sure. To even emphasize on what you're saying as a people, that's already genetically embedded in us, right? Coming from back home and dealing in our tribes and stuff like that, no decision gets made without the family's involvement in that decision. Yes, you know right. what I'm saying? So already as a genetic and as a people, that already is within us. So it's not something that should be very hard to transition to. It's just, of course, there's been years and hundreds and centuries of conditioning that's taken away from that fact. But to resolve and revert back to what we originally are as a people, I don't think that should be very difficult. I think it's actually you all have a lot of the solutions. Right. Because when we observe other cultures and right. the way that their families move, right. we can now create a, a compare and contrast mm -hmm. of our own. Right. You understand me? And when I listen to my African brothers, mm -hmm. Indians, Asians, and I listen to how they family operate, right. that's the code. Most definitely. You understand me? Yeah. And there's so much missing. We just don't know how to do family anymore. I mean, mm -hmm. look. We had one example in the Bill Cosby show, and now Bill Cosby is Bill Cosby. Wall, right. Street, Wall Street Trapper, you got to definitely give shout out to Wall Street Trapper. You know, he yeah, shout out about to the Trapper. He's been yeah. talking about, uh, you know, building family operating systems for yeah. a long time. And I think that's one of the most, you know, impactful things that, uh, that I've seen online in, in some time. You know, having a, a code for the family and how the family operates. We talked about uh, the Walton family in uh, the first High Level Conversations oh, yeah. episode. Keenan. 
it's like, all right, you know, you can have an individual. Sam Walton could have just built his business, mm-hmm. passed his business down to his family, right, or to his children. But he built a system, an operating system on how that, how that business and how that family was going to take over and operate and continue operating for years and years and years to come. And so now that's an institution. That's how you build an institution. Mm-hmm. You know, by having a code, an operating system, implementing the operating system, and having the uh, the people to continuously run and, and manage that system, you eventually build an institutional legacy. That's and a fact. so it starts with deciding, hey, what is my family gonna do? Mm-hmm. Like I said, our, our, our student up in, uh, in Chicago, in, in Michigan, his family buys land. Mm-hmm. That's their thing. He trades stocks. He's teaching his daughter now to trade stocks while shooting guns and things like that, and and knowing how to you know hold hold down the fort. But she they taking stocks and moving it into land. If that continues over a generational process, eventually that family mm-hmm. will have thousands and thousands of acres of land because that's a system that they put in place as a family unit. And right. Asians do it all the time, Indians do it all the time, Caucasians do it all the time. We're the only ones that a lot of times lack that that operating system mm-hmm. that we need. So if y'all don't know, you know, definitely tap in with uh, with, with Traps, uh, you know, videos. You got some videos out there talking about family operating systems. And just think about those things, man. You got kids, whatever it is you into, you know, make sure you pass it down to your kids and keep mm-hmm. it as a thing that you do. Uh, family dinners on Sundays and things like that with grandma, whoever, you know what I'm saying, making food on Sundays. That used to be a family operating system that we had. That was a tradition, mm-hmm. right? We need those same type of things economically, you know what I mean, to, to really be able to shift any type yeah, of... Yeah, the economic aspect of it, I think, is the key. It's Security, the key. of course. Mm-hmm. You understand me? Because being able to protect the family is number one. You know, educate the family. All different areas, the standard operating yeah. procedures, setting up the trust, the insurance, you know, the assets, all of those different classes are necessary. So it's like when a person says they have a family, they basically saying, I got a corporation. So if a person said they got a corporation, it means that you have a structure for that corporation and it's set up to succeed. So if you say you got a family and you don't have structure, then that means it's set up to fail. You understand me? So that's the way that I look at it is that it's accountability, it's responsibility that comes along with it. And this is allows you to be a better trustee, you understand me, uh, of the family. Right. And everybody just works for that family last name. And that to me is the more powerful thing, because either you work for that family last name or you work for somebody else's family last name in the form of the corporations that you actually work for end up being somebody's last name. So, you know, learning to manage ourselves and our family is a number one key. And I want my brother Neo to come up. If he has come up and share, drop some gems on us. You understand me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I want to, because, you know, we ain't even introduced y'all brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to get some backstory on full y'all, cir- and then we're going to close it on full out. Full circle, please yeah. Peace, family. Sorry to interrupt this high-level transmission, but I have a message from Block World Order. Black World Order is a transformative experience to give you access to the information, tools, technology, community, and resources that you need to have economic certainty during this time. Not only will we be dealing with the financial aspect of you being able to have the confidence to take care of yourself and your family to be able to build wealth, but also the mental, the spiritual, and the physical components necessary in order to have holistic wealth, meaning that you are captivating every single aspect of your life in this pie chart of success. From the trading platforms, to the fitness programs, to the coding, to the coaching, to the real estate programs, the land investing, you name it. We want to be able to facilitate an operation where you can get everything all at once. Once you go through the BWO, you will be 
taken on this journey of high-level coaching access so that you can have a transformative experience from day one. I appreciate you tapping in. Now back to our regularly scheduled high-level conversation. Mr. Neo. What's up, brother? Man, I met Neo a while ago, man. Uh, when I was in L.A. Was I, oh, I meet you in Philly or L.A. first? L.A., yeah. L.A., man, uh, I ain't had no money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, but you know, the money is the drive, man. It's the execution, it's the spirit. So, you know, in reality, I definitely had the money. Um, but I remember meeting my brother and he had the circle of greatness. You understand me? And you always been a brother of systems. Um, and that's what I always admire every time that I see you because you have an idea, but then you'll talk about the system and how you go put that into play and why it's gonna work. Yeah. And you have an enthusiasm when you talk about whatever you're doing that everybody don't have. When I see people with enthusiasm, you understand me? Um, I know they're gonna be successful because people with enthusiasm, they can even have a bad diet and they'll be energized. Right. You understand me? Like, it's nothing that's gonna stop them because it comes from within, it gives you energy, and you're gonna pull it from whatever source that's inside you. Like, like that's to me is like the law of enthusiasm is probably one of the most powerful laws you can use, like to speak about everything with like excitement and enthusiasm. But I wanted to talk to you about, you know, the importance of having systems, because that's what we're talking about a lot of brilliance and ideas, but you're a person who seeks mentors. Yeah, you know, you, you seek education, you will pay for it. Yeah. You understand the value of education more than almost anybody I know. You understand me? But you also understand the value of creating existing systems that your brilliant can live on yeah. so that it makes whatever you're doing more efficient. Yeah. So, you know, I, you know, we talk about systems which stand for saving yourself time, energy, and money. Come on, out the gate with the right. key. So I think one of the most important things we could do is identify systems that work. And for me, a lot of the systems is mentorship. I identify somebody who already did it and like, okay, they did it, I can do it. So I think that's the, our biggest lack that I believe one of the things in the culture is we don't, we try to figure everything out on mm -hmm. our own, right? You are a thought leader, right? So even when I heard you say, now you're about to seek mentors, but you've been reading, right. like you, you yeah. got mentors. It might just wasn't like right. a, a person, but you reading books, you watching video, like you, you've been around it your entire life. Right. So I don't think you ever lack mentor, but most people lack information, right? I always talk about, and you and I went live when you were in Philly, we was at my office and, um, I was just talking about if we can get our kids on the right system from the beginning, if they understand entrepreneurship, they understand the metaverse, if they understand all of these things. And it's funny, we sitting here talking and I literally just text my uh, partner with our curriculum. I'm like, yo, we need to add the metaverse chapter inside all of the curriculum. Yeah. That's the only thing we missing now. Yeah. And it's like, so I'm trying to really help kids. Like the good brother was talking about our trap, talk about the family operating office. Like if we can show kids how to make money, if mm -hmm. we can show them about credit, we won't be in poverty at all. If every kid in here, like, you know, when we learn about credit, everybody in this room, well, me, I don't know about it. After we mess it up. That's a fact. How you learn about credit? Oh, I messed it up and I know what not to do the next yeah. time. So my whole thing is how can we put our people in the system, whether it be learning this so you won't mess it up. Like if I didn't mess up my credit, I don't know how far I would be. If I had mentors earlier, I don't know how far I would be. But just to allude, I just think everybody need to find like, mentorship you got to find somebody who went and then just go do it and just execute you know yeah. you and i one thing that we do is execute like when somebody said we put the play in motion immediately i don't delay yeah, yeah. i mean you know i remember sitting in your office with spurgo right yep. yeah um 
And I, I still call him Spurgo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm calling by his brand name. But I remember that day where he was like, it was you and him. Y'all was like, Keys, help us convince his mom to homeschool him. Yeah. You understand me? And we did it, ended yep. up doing it. Derek Grace was there too. You understand me? And um, basically it was like, number one, you're going to regret it. Number two, if he don't want to be in school and he's making more money than his teachers, why would he have any incentive to pay attention? All he going to want to do is lead there to get back to the, to the money. Yep. Right now, fast forward, of course, he ended up becoming a multimillionaire. You understand me? Partnering with Damon John and things of that nature. But I want you to uh, talk about how, you know, you've mentored a lot of children into success. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think that some adults put their limitations on their children, right? They think because they couldn't do it at their age that maybe that their child can't do it or they can't handle it. But these new children are different. Oh, bro. Man, they different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, talk to these children nowadays. They know everything. Bro, it's they, like trade, trade, trading stocks, buying real estate, yeah. buying trucks. Yeah. But, again, one of the biggest keys is this. No pun intended, right? Uh, once your mind is expanded to a new concept or idea, it's hard to go back to its original way mm. of thinking. So one of the things that I teach people is like, you got to find your find a way to get exposed as soon as you can. I took him to L.A. That's where he met you. Yeah, yeah. Then from L.A., we went to Hawaii. Yeah, dude was, I met Margo by himself in L.A. at a convention. Ain't nothing but grown people there. Yeah. You understand me? But and that was his that, first convention I took him me to. About him. Trey's 15, Trey just turned 16. I met him when he was 12. Yeah, he, really? that's when he just started. He just came to me like, yo, I want to learn about entrepreneurship. And it's funny, again, once your mind is expanded to a new concept or idea, I took Trey to um, L.A. I took him to Hawaii. I took him on an island. I took, put him on his first PJ. He would just hang around us. He lived with me in Atlanta for like four months. This is all you see. You have no other choice to become but successful, but you got to see it. So I'll be telling parents, get your kid a passport. Don't don't keep getting caught up on this material stuff. Mm. Don't go buy the Jordans. Don't go buy the sneakers. Don't. That is not going to help them. They need exposure and they need to understand finances, right? And one of the things that I do, the concept is so simple, y'all. It's a three-step process. Number one, they need to see that it's possible. So they need to see another youth. They need to see another individual who went out there and made it happen. Trey is that example. Number two, as we talk about product, you got to find a product to sell. Find a product that's $20 to $100 to sell. That's the, the number one thing they need to do. The second thing is you need to create a sales pitch that open hearts and open wallets. Mm. This is my friends with Keys is extremely good at is being an effective communicator, right? So number one, we got a product that is $20 to $100, right? Number two, now we develop a sales pitch, and this is the sales pitch that anybody can teach their kids. Hi, my name is Trey. I'm a 14-year-old entrepreneur. I just started my own brand called Spurgo. I'm selling shirts today for only $20. Will you support me today? So now what they do is they go do that same concept Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. If they sell five shirts is what, $100? You do that five times, right? You got, what, $500? You selling mm -hmm. 25 shirts in a day. Now guess what you just did? You made $1,500 in a weekend. That's $6,000 in a month, right? Mm. That's... 72,000 for the year. And we talking about small numbers. We, right. we talking about minimum, just, really. that's at an eight-year-old, nine-year-old just getting in the game. But what did you just do to that kid? Now go try to tell them to go work a job for $8 an hour. They only can work Saturday. Pete, this keys, you only can work Saturday and Sunday. So four hours, eight sixty. that's $32, $32 on Saturday, 
It's 32 hours on Sunday, right? So now they're making $64 for the weekend. And here's what most people don't calculate when you're calculating time. You forget the hour it takes you to get there, the hour it takes you to get home, and the hour it takes to prepare. So now you're not really working for, for the $8 an hour. Once you do the real calculations, you're working for around $5 an hour. Mm. That's slavery. That's a super fact. So now guess what you're doing now? So now what happened is you telling them to get a job at 14, every year they're getting a raise for a dollar, two dollar, three. So now you think that's okay. So now you do it at 14, you do it at 15, you do it at 16. So now you're making 60, 120, $250 a month as a 14-year-old. That sounds good mm. until you start making 500 to 1,000 a day. That's a fact. So I knew when I had Trey touch that 1,000 in a day, it was over with. Yeah. That's yeah. what anybody, is like what we do. If you, when you see your first $100,000 a month, you like, Ooh, I ain't gonna go on back. You see your first, and what we do, y'all, yeah. we do our first 10K. Yeah. And what happened is we get comfortable. Ah. We stop doing what got us to the 10K. The work. I Comfort did it. I would start work. making 10, 11, 12, and I stopped doing everything that got me there. So now I want everybody to understand this concept. No scoreboard watching. So with Trey, we like, bro, keep going. 100 a month. Then you go to 200 a month. Then you go to 300. And you just want more. But mm -hmm. again, it all lies on exposure, yes. getting yourself a product, becoming an effective communicator, and just repeating that process across all media. I love that. You said no scoreboard watching, man. And, um, you know, counting slows you down. You yeah. understand me? Like, if you in the flow and you just busting shots, I don't need you to stop and celebrate. Number one, you only got so much time in the game. Hey, Keys, you know what's up? We know more about LeBron's stats than our own stats. That's a fact. I can't tell you. It's nothing wrong with watching sports. I can't tell you when the last time I watched a full game because yeah, that's their LeBron's sport. I'm trying to play in my sport. So we got to start focusing on our own sport. And that's what I have people do. Like, no scoreboard watching. And what's your stats for the day? Right. You I don't know, know nothing about nobody else's stats. Now that's key, like, the first time, you know, you know what I'm saying, I made a couple of dollars, so I ain't gonna say what the word was. You know what I'm saying, first time I made a couple of dollars, but it was because, you know, I wrote out the plan of, okay, what I wanna make, daily, monthly, weekly. Yep. I wrote exactly what was gonna be the marketing, what was gonna be the product. I looked at what was, what was the cost of each one of them, what was, gonna, what was the percentage of which ones that we sell more, so knowing what to put attention and focus on it, and then started creating all of these uh, guerrilla uh, 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 organic marketing tactics and you know I got to give it to the family because you know first time I made a hundred had a hundred thousand dollar money it was with the family you understand me and I say that because I remember when I was working a job you know I was making a hundred thousand dollars a year when I learned a skill uh, well I started working with the family I had a hundred thousand dollar month you understand me when I learned a skill I had a hundred thousand dollar day yeah you understand me and so each one of those things can show you your efficiency. Yep. Working for somebody else, having a family, but intellectual property and your skill sets gonna be more valuable than anything that you can get out here. And for me, it's like, I know that each one of my brothers here knows something that I don't know. You understand me? And has mastered a degree of an arena that I have not mastered. So therefore, you know, I had like a three hour long talk with him 500 today, or not today, but the other day, and it just reminded me of how much conversations I don't have with my brothers. Yeah. Because he has so much, not even that he has so much knowledge, but he had perspective that I didn't realize we were so aligned in, in the way that he see the diaspora. You understand me? And that a lot of times in our phone, we got a million dollar contact that we don't contact. Mm. You understand me? That we just leave those numbers just sitting there, but they like the whole point of getting that, and I know I, I went viral for telling people they can call me 
but they're not going to get an answer, but keep calling anyway. Uh, but that's the reality. My uncle told me that as long as it's business, you can keep calling. You understand me? That it's, it's not feelings. You understand me? Now, if it's something personal, just stop it. But if it's business, you can keep going and going and going. And sometimes I have my days because I can be extroverted and introverted. That's why I ask people to take the personality test. I got to know when I'm in a talkative mood. So I don't want to talk to people on my bad days because it's not going to come across right. You understand me? I'm going to call Neo because I want to get some business done, but I'm not enthused. Yeah. But I want to get it done, so I'm calling. But he, that energy go rub off on him. Like, man, Keith's called me, but I ain't get excited. He wasn't even excited. The last about call, this I got excited, though. Yeah, the last yeah, call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't call people when I'm excited. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? If you get in the call, I'm in my mood. I'm in yeah. my bag right now. And so. That's a that's a thing that I've learned. Like I go through my phone, like who do I need to call today? Yeah. What conversation do I need to be having? Like I got peer tours, right? Yeah. So like that's I probably never made me a succinct to say this is my mentor, but you're right. I've definitely ciphered, you know, uh, 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 mentors in all different directions and energy. Yeah. Um, basically, you having you know ten streams of consciousness, yeah. like where I'm getting my knowledge from, because one person is like. I may get my, let's say, moral righteous conscience from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, but that's not where I'm going to get my economic conscience from. You understand me? So I'm going to know in which area do I need to cipher a different particular person and when I have taken enough from them and I need to go to somebody else who's done more than them. Yep. You understand me? And or just in another area. So I think, you know, this is a, a mastermind. That's why I wanted to have it in a circle because once you're building you get access to thoughts, ideas that you normally could not have gotten on your own. Yeah. You understand me? And we feed off each other and we build off each other. And so it's like, you want to know what you and your homies should be doing is just this. Yeah. Like, and, and to add two keys, every one of my business partners I have, I probably got about six, seven different businesses and a bunch of partners. Every single one of them I met inside of a room like this, in an, mm. an environment, at a conference, at some sort of event. So I tell people, you talked about looking at your phone. You also got to look at your phone and who should you not be talking to. A lot of us, we're having conversations every fact. day that aren't, aren't a benefit, right? And everything shouldn't be just, it should be mutually beneficial. But one of the things I want the listeners to do is you got to audit your circle. Who are you talking to? Like, you got to go on a mental diet. Like, I don't take certain calls. I don't read certain texts. Anything that may affect the energy, I'm not even going to. Look at it, and we spend too much time doing that. We we being everybody else sounding board. Most people are everybody else electric socket. That's a fact, right? So when are when are you going to get charged up? That's why these rooms is like and having high level conversations is That's imperative true. to your growth. And, and you know, I call it high level because it reminds you that everything else is low level. Like if you if you take a list and be like, all right, who's actually valuing my contact list? And it's a short list. What does that say about everybody else that's there? Mm. They ain't actually valuable. So when you start doing those compare, it makes you realize certain things. Like, let's say if you got an idea, who are the people you call to be enthused about it and or can't help you? You understand me? And what you find out is you often talk to those people the least. So it lets you know what you need to reverse engineer in order to be successful. It really be the small tweaks we need to have that will change our whole path and trajectory. And all of a sudden, we're like, oh, shoot, I stopped talking with a brother who wasn't getting no money. And I start talking about bro who get money, and now I'm getting money. Yep. <laughs> and it becomes simple. Right. It's like, dang, I was with me and him. We used to complain about being broke all the time. We had so much in common. 
Now, <laughs> now I got money, I ain't got nothing to talk to him about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, once you start to, you know, you change your environment, man, your, we, we don't realize scientifically we are organisms of reaction. Every part of our body is meant to react to the outside stimuli of our environments. So our phone feed is an environment. People we talk to is an environment. Things we look at is an environment. Stuff we eat is an environment. Knowledge we intake is an environment. So all of those things make us react and or have a control factor over us. So if you are in positive and nurturing and relaxed and less stress-free environments or more stress-free environments, but with people that are high on entrepreneurship and business and going to your direction of vision, it will force you to be influenced by it as proxy. Because we talked about peer pressure when we was younger, don't go with peer pressure. But if you got good peers, it's okay to take that pressure. The issue is that we didn't, we, our mothers knew we had negative peers around us. There's gonna be negative peer pressure. But positive peer pressure is not something that we pushed enough, so we weren't pushing the right peas. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Throw a little my That boy a wordsmith. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm in Atlanta, so you know I got to push a couple, man. <laughs> well, brother, I appreciate y'all coming up here. I want to uh, hear from Bashir real quick. Um, we just dropped a song called Shaman. You know, y'all got stream, man. Now, yeah, man, you know. Well. No, no, so my brother, uh, Neil, he dropped the motivational album, man. I seen that, and I was inspired by that, you understand me? Because everything is streaming, right? Yeah. So it's like, if I put, if I get 100,000 streams on a one-minute reel on Instagram, I don't get paid off that. Right. You got to get 85 million streams on Instagram to get $5,000 as a creator. Well, it lost your mind. Like, I'm, I'm the biggest media conglomerate at that point. <laughs> I'm not waiting for $5,000. But, and, and, and even streams are not gonna particularly wait, but you should monetize every aspect of your business and understand that all of these businesses are the same. You understand me? Like if a person would sit there and stream my consciousness, why wouldn't I just put that same thing on a different platform, which would be iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify. It's the same as I say, I'm gonna put out a message that's on Instagram. The difference is I get paid over here. The difference is Web3 is I own it, and I'm gonna get paid and I'm gonna monetize it. You understand me? So understanding that goes back to the business models, goes back to understanding systems and how these things work. Because oftentimes when we get in entrepreneurship, what happens a lot of times is, it's like if a person wants to start a t-shirt business, you understand me? They go think of that old model that inspired them when they first got in. They're not going to update themselves on the new technology, the new systems, the new marketing, new funnels, new design capabilities, new ways where you can get things shipped out. No. They won't want to go to a screen printer, print a shirt, and want to sell something, which is fine, especially if you're a younger child. But as an adult, it's not respected because it's not efficient, and it's not the best way to do things. So it's like in today's age of a person wanting to be an entrepreneur, creator, create generational wealth, we have to be cognitive of all the tools in today's time. Not when it was when we first wanted to get in, but what's available today. That's completely different than when I started entrepreneurship, this was the feeling I had, this is what it looked like. But what does it look like for a person to start today in 2022 with all of this technology to be the most efficient and successful? And that's the thought process that I want people to have in their head. You understand me? Um, and speaking of, I want to speak to my brother about, y'all can switch chairs, mm -hmm. about uh, independent music 
and uh, this shaman song we putting out, man. Got to play, and then I'm gonna end off with my brothers here, so y'all get to know who they are. <laughs> now this is my blood brother, same wound. You understand me? Um, which is why he got that aura in that presence. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but can you tell the people uh, a little bit about you know um, your music and the music direction that you go with and um, what we doing with uh, this song Shaman? What it means? All right, so uh, my music, my music is uh, I would like to explain it as the coming forth for the or the the new ancient future mm. is we we got to rewrite the codes we got to restructure the matrix and how you do that you do it through sound you do it through knowledge and you do it through the ears music is the most powerful vibration in the universe music in the musician has always been the number one instructor that God uses to bring about a new regime. For an example, if you look at music in terms of um, the culture, if you go through any type of, say the 1950s, there was a certain type of sound that the artist was producing that produced a certain revolution. Mm. You understand? So when you want to change the culture, you do it through music. You have, because the music is producing the leaders around you. You understand what I'm saying? So if you always got, even for an example, if you have artists who are just constantly streaming trap music around you, the whole nine, yeah, you gonna have the conversations like we have today, but you, it won't be as filled up with thousands of people simply because people are on a lower frequency. So what my music does is, and what I'm doing, is I'm taking those lower vibrations, and I'm bringing them up, I'm rising it up. I'm adding that flavor to it, you understand? I'm putting that black guy vibration back into the sound, mm. but still talking to, your, talking to your root, talking to where you come from, talking to that trap, you know what I'm saying? But this is that God trap. It's that black God trap, it's that black God vision. Cause we gotta rewrite these, we gotta rewrite the system. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I feel you. Yeah. So what about this song Shaman, man? We just dropped something. Yeah, so you Shaman is me? one of those perfect representations. Right then and there, cause we we are taking what they don't have, period, in what music it, right I'm now. Saying like, as far as what it means, like to be a shaman. Yeah. So you ask me what it means to be a shaman. Yeah. Just be a good person. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just be a good person. Yeah, be a no. great human being, an actual, a real human being. Yeah. A real person. A person who actually is putting in motion, putting in time to take care of some other people and things of that nature. That's a shaman. Yeah. So there's a line on the song that says, every good person is a shaman. You know, it starts off by saying, it's a seance of economic science. A black guy speaks truth amongst the quiet. That's all y'all get. You know what I'm saying? But I'm saying though, when you stream it though, every line has value in it. You understand me? And one thing I know is like music is so powerful that if you can get your message into music, it definitely creates paradigm shifts. Like music is, it imports culture, exports culture, right? So when, you know, you look in America, we export our culture throughout all the diaspora, all throughout the world. Hip hop is the most powerful brand 
ever created. You understand? There's no brand ever created more powerful with a presence than hip hop. So any messages that we put in hip hop or in music, it will spread across the entire world. So imagine if, and this is very long off, but imagine if the messages were like 444 with Jay-Z and he started talking about financial education right, and generational wealth. That changed a lot of people's lives. You understand me? A lot of people's lives. Even Marathon with Nipsey, because it was inspirational, but it was gangster at the same time, and it was talking wealth. That marathon that people went on was inspired to move differently. He exported a different culture, right? What we do with the financial education, we export a different culture, which is why when we go out overseas, hundreds and thousands of people will show up because of the culture we exported and what they want to come through and now see. When we was exporting broken families and negativity and drugs and murder and violence and fast death, now we exporting generational wealth and power and execution and systems, you understand me, and money. So when people see it, they want to talk real estate, want to talk credit, want to talk crypto, want to talk ebooks, want to talk all these different things because we exported a culture. Which is why, you know, whether you're using music or you're using content, uh, uh, or you, yeah, content is all content. That's it, it's attention. Attention is a game of convertible percentages. You understand me? And a, a, a content is a transaction for attention. So once you understand that, you learn how to package content up in all of these different forms so that you can export whatever your language, your idea, your media, right? And then you create that change and or that community. Now you got a place where you can pull money and resources from. Now you got a place where you can pull like-minded individuals that you align with. Because I know for a fact, all, everybody who listened to Gucci got a certain thing in common. Everybody who listened to Pusha T got a certain energy in common. You understand me? Everybody listening to 19 Keys go have a certain thing in common. Everybody listen to Neo. Everybody listen to Four Weeks Out. Everybody listen to Chico. Everybody listen to Bashir. You creating communities and outlets, and you got to be intentional about that brand development. Speaking of brands. No, I, I, I want to say some of that, too, though. I was trying you to know, get my hard transition. Y'all see what I was trying yeah, to do? No, that's, that's yeah. no, we're transition back, though. But, I mean, to the, to, to the point he was making about, you know, even uh, you know, music being so powerful, you know, people, when you think back on how we were taught things as children, you know yeah. what I mean, with ABCs, your nursery rhymes, and all these type of things, it's the first way we really learn things. You know what I mean? We, we start learning, and things get solidified in our mind through music, through rhymes, through things, through vibrations, essentially, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, they did studies that say, like, you know, if you if you you know read something, you have a certain percentage of retention. If you you know teach somebody else, you have a certain level of retention. If you actually learn it through music and repetition, you have a, a high, a much higher rate of retention, even overall, right? Mm -hmm. And so the things that we put into our mind, even talking about the conversations with with you know the, your peers and things like that, mm -hmm. and people who are you know at a higher level, a higher consciousness, bringing you up to that level, the same thing we put in, in our music. You know what I'm saying? The mm -hmm. music that we put into our minds brings us to a certain state. And it's those repetitions start to change the way that we see the world, view the world, and, and everything along the light. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's a, a real powerful thing overall. And it's dope for, yeah. It's dope to even see, like, yeah. rappers and entertainers and things like that starting to shift their conversations towards yeah. mm. more positive topics because now, you know, the control that the music industry had mm -hmm. over centralized record labels and things who were, you know, a bunch of, you know, white men and women inside boardrooms deciding what was going to be hot and what was going to be not, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that power structure's been weakened. Right mm -hmm. now we have more independent artists, we have more independent platforms to push music out, more people with more wealth and things like that. Jay-Z now is at a level he don't gotta talk about, you know, uh, 
you know, big pimping or whatever mm -hmm. it is. He, he got, I mean, he always been, you know, to a certain degree independent. But the point being is that he now has a lot more flexibility in what he could do. And same mm -hmm. thing with, you know, people like Nipsey stay independent. So it's powerful to stand behind independent artists and to tie it back to NFTs. Y'all better be publishing the joints of NFT. You know what I mean? Yeah, we doing that. Yeah, I already know. You know, we're working on that NFT music platform. So I you know what I mean? So I want to close it out with, you know, introducing y'all and what y'all do and telling y'all story a little bit. You know, y'all very impactful. Like I said it before, you know, y'all have tens of thousands of students. Um, and you have a brand called Cheat Code, right? Um, what is the main layers and pillars of Cheat Code and how is it structured? Uh, the main layers of, and pillars of Cheat Code, the main purpose of Cheat Code is to build tools and resources uh, for our communities to impact their financial capacity, right? To increase their financial capacity. So whether that be through stocks, primarily through trading, currently is our, our primary program. We have stocks, Forex, futures, and cryptocurrency, Web3, and we're teaching that we're working on building entire structures for. But to, to Neil's point, everything is about systemization, right? So as opposed to building a program that was relying on myself or Jay or, or anything like that for us to just constantly be teaching the same information over, we systemize it into a structure where you come, it's a structured curriculum, you know what I mean? You come in, everything is organized. Uh, you have textbooks and workbooks and everything along the likes. We develop software, we develop tools, we develop uh, anything that's gonna help you know, our community ascertain the information better and apply the information better. And then we also do it as a collective, right? So everybody in our community, we have about 18,000 people in our community. We all do it together. We kind of move as a unit. Uh, we have instructors, the whole nine, you know, typical type of thing. And then y'all have cars, board games, and then you got the, uh, the automated platform. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we, uh, we have an investing for kids type of platform that we're building out tools, games, uh, things like, Mono almost like Monopoly, yeah. but yeah. for stock, for stock education. So it's like the board game side of things, I mean, that's going to be revolutionary. Um, that's something that is, is really going to hit the market by storm just based on the sample size and things that we've, we've had conversations around. Um, but every month that's supposed to be like a subscription type of thing where each month we're talking about kids and starting kids and investing. Each month the kids are going to start receiving boxes where it's going to be different introduction to either business, either stock market, crypto, Web3, information, blockchain technology, um, foreign exchange market, you know, anything that has to do with investing, real estate even. So these, these information and curriculum is built and like by people that have specialty in how kids, you know, learn. accept and learn information in those specific fields. So that's going to be um, something that's going to be major, major um, in yeah. that field. Yeah. But yeah. The whole thing for us, man, is, is literally, you know, when you look at things like the stock market, like trading skills, you know, forex futures and all that type of stuff, you know, you are taking a skill set that you master, you learn how to make money clicking a button. When you guys are talking about making 100000 yeah. in a month, it, it's 100% a different world, right? Mm -hmm. And 100 k in a day. When you make 100 k in a day clicking a button on your phone, it's a different feeling, right? Yeah. It's like, yo, I just clicked the right button at the right time and I made X amount, of, uh, you know, in a day. And people in our community start to learn these skill sets um, and it just changes the dynamic of how you view money mm -hmm. and how you view you know, your time, freedom, and things of that nature. So our main thing is teach, showing people, like, look, the markets don't care if you're black, white, purple, blue, right? right. It doesn't matter, you know, you, you can't get discriminated against, the stock ain't gonna discriminate against you buying it or selling it, right? Mm -hmm. You can pick, you know, whatever it is that you have in your mind, it, it gives you the, the, the ability to make the right decisions in the market and make money for yourself at the click of a button, which is the most powerful skill set you can have in economic, you know, empowerment. So.
Peace family is 19 Keys. Sorry for interrupting your transmission, but I have something very important to announce. BWO has just launched. If you are some of our lucky students and you have received your approval letter, congratulations. If you are waiting to get inside the door, do not worry. I'll tell the bouncer to let you in. But first, what you have to do is make sure that you text 323-577-6692 to BWO. What is BWO? It stands for Block World Order. What do we do? We facilitate a transformative experience for you, giving you access to things that normally you cannot afford by allowing you to be able to participate in a membership that gives you access to mental, physical, and spiritual tools, and most of all, financial. Not only from the events that we curate, from the technology that we give you access to, in the form of our trading algorithms that can give you signals for when to enter and exit to market to completely take away the emotions out of the process. There are many member benefits that you will receive once you are part of the family. You already know every time that I deliver, I make sure that I over-deliver. This beautiful time that we are going through of economic uncertainty also presents an opportunity. That opportunity is the increase in skill sets that allow you to be able to expand during down times. There are AI skill sets that you need to know about. There are Web3 skill sets that you need to know about. The future skill sets, period. Ask yourself, what is the current ROI on the skills that you've learned? How much money have they made you? Have they put you in a better position? We don't want you to go through another course. We want to coach you through a transformation experience to make sure that you receive value and become more valuable afterwards. We appreciate you tapping in. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. The bouncer is letting you in. So, you know, one of the things I always say, uh, talk about the different layers of adoption rate for us. Uh, to execute into new things. Like, back in the day, we just needed motivation. The age of motivation on speakers is over. Mm -hmm. You understand me? Like, if you just preaching that motivation shit, ain't nobody want to listen. Right. Because they're going to need education. Right. They're they going to need uh, steps to be able to execute. And that's why I went from education um, to where all you had to do was just, you know, shout at a person and get their energy riled up and excited. And now it's more about, it went to inspiration. Right. Like, show, let me see you doing it. I'll right. be inspired by what you do. Right. And that had became more efficient. Mm -hmm. And then it went from the inspiration to, man, teach me how you did it. Right. I tried to figure it out, and I couldn't figure it out. Mm -hmm. So now the educators got their time to shine. Mm -hmm. um, and then we learned that there's a learning deficit to where people don't know how to learn. Right. So it went from just education to teaching people the steps, instructions. Right. right. You understand me? Like, really give me a step-by-step -step mm -hmm. and hold my hand. Mm -hmm. And then last but not least, it goes to automation. Mm -hmm. You understand me? Like, it just gets to a point where I just need y'all to do it for me. Mm -hmm. You understand me? Like, a lot of people learn, you know, they are not good at certain things. I'm not good at stocks. I'm not good at trade. I'm not doing this, that, mm -hmm. and the third. Especially mm -hmm. with a lot of people that have tried. Right. So they like, well, I understand that it still makes money. Mm -hmm. So can you automate the process for me and I'll still invest? This is why these bots work so well right. and stealing people money because right. they go to an educator that's teaching them how to do something. Mm -hmm. And then they create a profile that's saying that, no, we'll do it for you. And mm -hmm. these people giving a thousand, two thousand. You understand me? I got a thousand nineteen keys dot FX profiles. Yeah. Yo, somebody, <laughs> got, got, somebody got got on our profile. If anybody follows us, man, we ain't never going to DM you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, chill. Somebody got got on our uh, from from one of his fake bots twenty thousand dollars because they told Crazy. him they, under our profile, right. you know, that they would trade for and things like that. But that shows you how powerful and how much of a need that industry yeah. is in that right. niche right so, now. That right. if you can automate the process for people, they right. get their money to a stranger. Yeah. Right. That's a you understand me? Right. So it's like 
um, with the app you all have, how does that work in tangent with people that's getting in that want to have their hand held a little more? All right, so Cheat Code Algo is a software, it's a tool that we develop. Um, it's a, you know, it basically gives you, a, a, makes the whole process of technical analysis a little bit easier. And what technical analysis is, for those who don't know, is, you know, essentially knowing when to buy and sell a stock. There are certain indicators that come and certain uh, things that you'll see inside of a chart um, that will kind of tell you this is a good place to buy, a good place to sell, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, fundamental analysis, on the other hand, is knowing you know whether this is a good company to buy in the first place. Mm -hmm. If you follow, uh, like like the brother Trap, Trap is a big fundamental analysis person, right? He's looking at is this a good company to buy. Mm -hmm. Technical analysis kind of tells you when is a good time to buy it. Mm -hmm. And so you know, Chico Algo essentially made it very simple to for people to get an understanding of when is a good time to buy. It has signals and mm -hmm. colors and things of that nature that make it as easy as just understanding red, yellow, and green. You know what I mean to mm -hmm. uh, to understand how it works. Um, now, we are currently working on uh, a, a, um, a tool to take that a step further mm -hmm. uh, with our good brother Antoine Digital, who uh, yeah, yeah, is big, yeah, big yeah. in the box space. He actually was talking about you the other day. Yeah. Um, but we're automating a, a whole new strategy for um, income, mm -hmm. right? And so that'll be built out in the next few months. Um, but so yeah, you know. You, you, how did, so you learned to code, and, well, not code, but trade while you was locked up? No, so I, I learned how to trade, uh, well, I was introduced to stocks and to, to Neo's point uh, about passing information down to your kids. Um, my father taught me, how, you know, about stocks mm -hmm. in general. You know, I was getting kicked out of school. I'm home for like three months. Got kicked out of school, sitting home, not, didn't really have anything to do. And so, uh, you know, he was on the computer, you know, doing some stock stuff. And he started introducing to me. I took that and kind of ran with it. Learned a little bit about different things. We had weed penny stocks and stuff like that. Things that, you know, at the time I could understand, you know, how to get in and out of. And so I started flipping money like that. And then I got incarcerated at 18, came home at 22, uh, 21, 22. And then, um, you know, be, through incarceration, you come home, you don't have a lot of um, opportunities, right? I was, a, you know, intelligent to a, to a large degree, enough to be able to have a conversation with somebody for a job interview. And I would get accepted for a large part until that background check came back. And now I couldn't really get a job, you know, that other people would be able to get. Even at 50000 I used to think if I could get $50,000 a year, I'm set. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? I'm good, right? Um, and I couldn't even get that. So I ended up having to go into things like uh, construction, you know, working on the ground up, digging ditches and stuff like that. And I would even go from digging ditches for electrical wires during the day. I'd get off at 3 o'clock, and I'd go to, uh, they used to have a brokerage called Scottrade. And Scott Trade used to have in-person classes. You could learn technical analysis, fundamental analysis. I go in there and it's a, a room like this, but it's all, you know, old white men with like liver spots on their head and shit <laughs> like that. You know what I'm saying? And I'm the only, you know, young person, only black person in there. And I'm in construction boots and stuff like that, but I'm learning. We didn't have a lot of YouTube content and people like, like that we got nowadays teaching information. So um, that was back in 2011, Master the Skill. I took my girl's student refund check at one point, my student refund check, you know, I, was taking, I, only, I used to take classes just to get student refund checks, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? So I take that money and I started investing it and trading it and stuff like that. And that's how I was able to get my first level of financial freedom, made my first 100K um, within that first year of learning how to trade. And uh, that was how I was able to go into other businesses and things like that. And I never had a job since uh, 2011. So, you know, that's, and that's, that's the power of learning trading skills and learning skills like that. You know, mm -hmm. is is being able to have control over you. your financial your financial freedom, your financial success is literally a direct reflection of mm -hmm. what it is that you got in your head. Right. You know what I'm saying? How how well you know how to master the skill. You right. can make money at, at a whim if you you know decide. 
No, that's powerful. That's right. exactly what I wanted people to know um, mm -hmm. and understand. I think we all have similar stories. Mm -hmm. You understand me? I think most black men in America that are successful, if you didn't go through the direct route of, you know, getting a degree, working for a corporation, mm -hmm. finding success or mm -hmm. whatever that may be, um, you're going to have a different type of story where you navigated the fields in the world mm -hmm. and you figured out a way and you became successful and you mm -hmm. became efficient at something. And then if you couple that with social media or in collaboration with another person, mm -hmm. they can do something that you can't and that end up being a perfect mesh. Yes. You understand me? Yeah. Uh, even for people that are individuals that work by themselves, they still have a team behind them. Mm -hmm. You understand Always. me? Because you can only go so far without a team. Right. You feel me? And um, first of all, I want to thank and appreciate everybody who's been here for the first live high-level conversation. Yeah. Y'all yeah, showed so. up from a 48-hour call. Mm -hmm. um, I know a lot of people, you know, when you post something, everybody be like, hey, I wish I knew it was, but y'all found out, y'all pulled up, man. I appreciate y'all, y'all family, it's love. Um, last but not least, before we get out of here, I wanted to allow just a couple of questions, and then anybody that's up here can kind of sort of answer. Um, so, Mitch, you said you had a couple of people, and then we're going to mob, and y'all can buy all the books and crowns and stuff. I know y'all waiting to buy and stuff. <laughs> Well, man, I honestly got to turn it right back to you guys. I definitely want to say I appreciate y'all for just putting yourselves in position to pay it forward. A lot of people are getting knowledge and kind of, you know, hoarder it, but you guys are putting it out there every single day. And definitely want to thank everybody that's in here. Um, my question to you guys is really around that intellectual property portion because, um, and I actually, it's funny, I actually built y'all. You got you to sit down so we can hear you. Okay. I actually built their world or their brand within the metaverse already simply off the strength of, I studied him, he just asked what we gonna do or we gonna actually take action. I've taken action and already built it without their permission just to show them that I'm an action taker and I'm a developer okay. within this space. Um, <laughs> we gonna be sitting down, do a, you know, a podcast interview soon. Hopefully we'll have a higher level conversation. So my question is around this intellectual property, just this week, I actually signed a non-disclosure agreement with a gentleman on the project where I, I am building out the metaverse portion of his academy. And this is literally the wealthiest person I have contact to, period. So it's a humbling position to be in, but I am, I ain't afraid by no means, but I just know I hear all these stories about IP and how we undervalue ourselves. You get one meal, it could have been 10. And because I don't know how to really value what my IP is in this situation. Uh -huh. I know I'm a thought leader and I'm taking them steps, but how do we really evaluate what we actually do to make sure we protect ourselves and my generation after me? Equity. Equity. I think the best thing for any developer that's out there, because already designers ain't really getting their fair share. Thanks. You understand me? But developers are even more important because you can't build it without them and it ain't enough of them. Right. So I think that if you go build any multi-million dollar project for anybody, the best incentive you will have to do it, especially long term, is getting equity in the project. Absolutely. You understand me? And that's the best way to secure your intellectual property as you build it out. Whatever percentage you negotiate, that's that percentage. Right. Now, whether you have the ability to say no to enough projects till you get the right people, right. that's up to you. Because somebody may throw the bag so you build them a billion dollar thing and then you took a million dollars up front or something. Right. You understand me? And then you'd be depressed for the rest of your life because you got to see that successful. Exactly. So equity, equity, equity is key. You understand me? Like whatever you negotiate, you got to have some equity involved in it. Absolutely. Otherwise, I wouldn't say don't do anything in this space, especially if you go do a large project and you know it's going to be successful. Yeah. 
I know for a fact the way that people are negotiating right now, they're giving their developers equity. You understand uh, me? Whatever that percentage be will be based on, you know, their contribution and what can be handed down those negotiations. But that's going to be the only way you're going to be able to really secure the wealth of your intellectual property. Okay. You understand me? Is actually having equity in the projects that you become a part of because then it's going to incentivize you to do more anyway. Right. You understand right. me? Like, right. it'll behoove me to promote anybody's stuff that I don't have mm. equity in unless, you know, it's, it's somebody I rock with or I'm doing it for a particular strategic reason. Absolutely. But if I don't have equity, I'm not even incentivized to do it, right? Somebody tried to pay me, you know, a quarter million dollars to promote their stuff. But I'm like, if I don't have equity in it, I'm not going to be incentivized. You pay me one time, I ain't going to want to work for you. Uh, you understand me? Mm. I ain't going to be incentivized the next month after the energy goes down from getting it yeah. and next month hit. I ain't got no energy to create a reel and tell somebody to buy in or go on the stage and tell somebody to lock in. Why? Because I know that I already got paid and that there's no more return on my energy that I can get. You understand me? So if, but if I got equity, then I want that to turn into an infinite project. I want that to be trillion dollars. So I will give 100% all because I know the portion that I have in that is going to grow substantially because I'm investing in it as well. So, you know, um, just talk with people that got that vision and understand that. But I think that if you pitch it in that particular capacity yeah. and nobody that believe in your value will deny you that equity in the project that you build it. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much, bro. Yes, sir. That's but lock right. in with me, man. I say less. I was hoping you say that, man. What's up? What you talking, what you talking about? about? <laughs> I've been putting out the call. You yeah, feel man. Me? Yeah. Appreciate that. Thank you, bro. Question because I had to get to somebody who's a Crown Society member. We can't finish this off with questions. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Good afternoon, everybody. How's everybody doing? Bless you. Great. Appreciate the opportunity. Appreciate the moment. Um, <clears throat> first, I want to thank that uh, my brother Keys right here. Um, I'm IWS, if anybody don't know, Infinite Wealth Strategy and uh, Crown Society. So, not so much a question, but so much of what I was able to implement into my um, business module, my business structure. So I'm a mobile food truck vendor out here. So I'm on the blockchain, Web3, NFT. Took the whole entire <clears throat> proper steps to put the ingredients in. And what I mean by that is that I utilize my mobile food truck business to create an NFT platform. So right now, you can come to my mobile food truck. You can scan a QR code. You scan the QR code. It takes you to my online menu. My online menu now, you know, you can choose whatever option you want, your entree, your sides, whatever it is. From there, you're able to check out fiat or even cryptocurrency. So <clears throat> we're looking to do a lot of user case to onboard individuals, including my community, to allow them to get adapted or adopt to cryptocurrency. So not only if you could check out in fiat, you could check out in cryptocurrency. The next layer of the next level or the sequence of the business module is that you could tap a tab inside the online menu and on the on-site menu, it gives you the option of our NFT project. The NFT project has three different levels. The three different levels of the NFT project is that it gives you utility. So my mobile food truck had different pop-ups up around in the Atlanta area, Miami area, or even somewhere in the Baltimore area. So based upon whatever NFT project or NFT you grab, 
It gives you the utility of a subscription base. It gives you a utility of being able to eat free and being able to have cryptocurrency in your wallet with my events that I pop up with at different, you know, chef shows. The third level is pretty much giving ownership, value, and then ultimately the, um, the digital aspect of being able to have ownership. From there, we created an NFT marketplace. The NFT marketplace also going to give opportunity to other entrepreneurs to give them the option of pretty much coming to present your project at a low gas fee to mint on our NFT marketplace to give you media exposure, give you um, online presence, give you exposure to a community that's geared towards a faster, speedier payment transaction in a, as an entrepreneur in the merch business world. So that's what I took from the IWS and the tokenomics pack integrated into my entrepreneurship. It's at an all-time high right now. That's what's up. Appreciate you, Keys. And that's, that, that's what's next. So when, they say, thank you. so when they say what's next, it's like you got to always know how to execute your plan and how to be able to do it. So I study the space, and I've been studying my brother since 2018, 2019. And it took me about a year and a half to do all what I'm doing right now. And I'm in the Atlanta area. So when you ever see me out with my food truck, you understand that you can play with crypto, you can play with fiat. And also, if you want to be a part of my community, you'll be able to grab a, a, um, AWG, which is always grilling NFT. It gives you experience, value, and ultimately digital ownership. That's beautiful. Oh, my, I'm, I'm Meta Chef. Hey, we fatten it up. You can follow me on Instagram. I'm Meta Chef Sheedy on Instagram. Um, any platform you type in Meta Chef Sheedy, I got some NFTs on Rail. Meta Chef, I'm the only Meta Chef Sheedy on Instagram. Um, we got a, some projects on Rebel. We got some projects on Open Seas and things like that. This ain't a marketing purpose, but this is definitely what I've integrated from IWS and Crown Society and implemented into my own business structure and got the results from it. That's beautiful. So the first question we have was about what we're gonna do. The next two, we pretty much had some solutions. Some people who are solution-based, thank you, some people that put some action behind the information that they learned. Hopefully that's what we all can do after coming to an event like this. Keys, to close out, I wanted you to, you know, that camera right there, close up really explain, you know, a lot of people on their birthday, on their born day, you know, power services, uh, you know, having a good time celebrating with the fans, all that. Um, you decided to put on this event and to have an experience where I'm seeing people with notebooks out, taking notes, getting information and knowledge, and seeing how they can apply what they've been learning here in this high level conversation. So in closing out, can you explain to the people one thing from the conversation today, from everything that was discussed, one thing that people can take with them to apply to their everyday lives. And also on top of that, can you say a few words about all the speakers that you had, uh, who, you know, the heavy hitters that you had at this event, uh, speaking, you know, on your point day, celebrating with you. Can you just say a few words about them as well as you close out? Yes, sir. Peace, family. Um, we just had our first high-level conversation. Today happened to be my born day, and I think that 
you know, if you're gonna celebrate life, you gotta be in motion. You understand me? What better way to celebrate life than to celebrate the actual things that you've accomplished and you do in life with people who are aligned and they tap in in the same elements that you tap in with. You understand me? So, you know, you can celebrate any day of the week. And at the same time, if you have a birthday, utilize that anniversary to trigger something. Utilize that anniversary to sell something. Utilize that anniversary to have an event. You understand me? Around those special days. Because it ain't nothing like making money on your birthday. It ain't nothing like having some impact on your birthday. You want to bring in a new year with some new dollars. You want to bring in a new year with some new solutions, some new power, some new networks, some new context. You understand me? Uh, 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 just a whole new um, element to yourself. I'm going to continue to grow then it actually has to be growth. Because a lot of people just go through life, but they don't get better at life. It won't be a year of my life that you see me, and I'll say, yeah, I'm just doing the same old thing. I don't even like to talk to people like that. You understand me? We won't have a single conversation. I don't want to know you. If you say that twice, the third time I'm going to give you an opportunity to say it again. You understand me? And I think that everybody should audit their circles in that same capacity. So we talked about auditing your circle. We talked about concepts, ideas, visions, institutions, technology. You understand me? We talked about systems. We talked about family. We talked about the future. We talked about all of the things that if a person sit down and listen to this high-level conversation, they can take one of these ions of vibration, put it to a solution, and make change in their life. You understand me? I had to sit down and speak with these brothers here at Chico because of the magnificent things that they're doing with their platform. I'm also partnering with them to make sure we bring that university level of education when it comes to the blockchain, crypto, metaverse, and everything else that you're going to need for these Web3 wealth opportunities. When I seen my brother, Mr. Four Weeks Out, you understand me, looking almost as swole as me, I just knew <laughs> he had to come in and share some of that knowledge and that energy. When people come out to these events, and they don't have to. And I seen not only did he come, I get opportunity to pay or be free. And I seen that he paid to be in here. You understand me? He know damn well he didn't have to. You understand me? So not only that, I respect that because people respect the value of time and presence and what you're building and what you're cultivating. And what he's doing with his wife and what he's done with his gym and what he's done with Airbnbs and other things that he has. He has a treasure chose of knowledge that the average person that's sitting down there lazy watching Netflix binging should instead go to his gym or listen to him, you understand me, and learn some knowledge for themselves. When I listen to my brother Neil, every time I listen to him, I either learn something directly or I'm watching something that I can learn directly. It's a way that he's moving, the system that he implementing, you understand me, and I've seen the impact that he's had in young lives, turning young men into millionaires. Not everybody can say that, right? I see the value that he puts on knowledge, education, and also being in environments with other people that can stimulate him and help his growth. To be able to network and collaborate with other men is not easy because we have egos. And I just recently visited Egypt and I just reversed my ethos, my thesis on egos. And I seen them with these big old 50 foot statues, you understand me, on the wall. I don't think our egos is big enough, which is why I don't think we ain't been able to build what we want to build. I think our egos is too small, you understand me? And the issue is, is though you gotta match your ego with your execution, you understand me? Till it becomes a reality. But I seen them with their faces on the wall, I seen them with tombs and pyramids and 50 foot statues with four ladies on the side. Like, ain't nobody ever talked about the Egyptians or the comedic people being egotistical. But the moment that you try to build anything of any circumstance or size, and you start to exalt yourself and build things in your image, then they tarnish the black man and tell you to be humble. So 
I just want to say make sure your ego is matched with your righteousness and execution. You understand me? And that's the only way it's going to be high level. Make sure y'all tap in. Appreciate y'all. What's going on, everybody? This is Francis Quay from BWO and from Chico. Now, if you're ready to take that step and join the BWO and what we got going on in the BWO Finance Program, make sure you text the word ORDER, O-R-D-E-R, to the number 323-577-6692, and we'll go in and get you your application to join the BWO and the BWO Finance Program. I'll see you guys on the inside. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.